Have you lost weight only to gain it right back after returning to your routine? Did your diet work for someone else but not you? Rockin' That ID Life helps you understand your genetic makeup to find a lifestyle that fits your needs. Together, you and RockinThatIDLife.com can focus on your health and meet your goals today. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. Centerize Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit CenterizeBrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Centerize Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go Blues! This is Eddie Garcia from the Fox Sports Radio Network and co-host of the Puck Podcast, and you're listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. He's not going to play for us. There's just something about that last name is not going to make the NHL. It seems like a name that is not conducive to play in the NHL. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the most, the most shallow analysis ever. Talking about Tarasenko real quick. There has been talk about a giant chip on his shoulder. You think that chip has gotten bigger now? Can his shoulder handle it, though? I guess that's really the question. To finally see that happen was, uh, I mean, that was one of the fantastic moments of, of my life when, when that final buzzer went in Boston and when I get to get down to the ice and I was able to hoist the Stanley Cup uh, when I was standing on the ice. That was a, a very, very special moment. You know, he would say to me after we'd have a, a beer, he'd say, well, Joe, he said, you really embarrassed yourself tonight. <laughs> that was Dan, and I said, uh, okay. We'll see what uh, what memories uh, Phil Grubauer has from round four. <laughs> Man, I want to punch that guy in the face. Uh, welcome to Season 10, Episode 2 of Let's Go Blues Radio, where the often imitated, never duplicated, fully vaccinated, excommunicated, circumventilated, decontaminated, unrefrigerated, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Please refrigerate after opening. Uh, special thanks to RockinThatIDLife.com and CenterIceBrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Two great sponsors. Please check them out. Uh, we're broadcasting live on Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. This is franchise episode number 320 all time. To interact with the show, we're all over social media and we uh, have our own Discord server. So just go to Let'sGoBlues.com for those links plus links to past episodes. Uh, we're dual live streaming right now. On YouTube and Facebook, if you haven't smashed the bell and subscribed, please do so. It warms our cockles. And uh, who doesn't love warm cockles? Uh, your hosts <laughs> your host tonight are yours truly, Kurt Price, Bill Day, and Jeff Ponder. And for your listening pleasure, for the next little while, we'll be talking some St. Louis Blues hockey. Uh, lots to talk about tonight. And we also have a uh, special guest, which I guess, since uh, he says he's going to be with us for the duration tonight, uh, We'll see uh, how, how his stamina is. Uh, Stephen Ground from uh, the Two Guys One Cup podcast, friends of the show. Uh, welcome to the show, Stephen. How are you tonight? Are you I'm lost? Great. What are you doing here? <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. I thought I clicked on a Zoom room. I ended up here. God only knows. But thank you guys for having me nonetheless. <laughs> he took a wrong turn of Wikipedia sure, and ended sure up here. Ian's like recording a show by himself right now. Like, where the hell is he? <laughs> yeah, he got lost somewhere in Valley Park. It's, <laughs> it's curtains for him, but you know we'll find a new co-host. We'll persevere. He's over on the yeah, Locked yeah. On Blues podcast, and I think of him. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we should we should have a rotation where like we have one host for each show. Switch switch a show every single <laughs> like just one episode a week. I think he, that would be, and then not even like call I, attention to it. He could probably get, he could probably Price with Bill Day and Stephen Ground. 
He could probably get uh, Ian could probably get paid uh, babysitting money for over there with that show, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bunch of babies, uh, kids. I mean, younger folks, not uh, young, wine, young not the whiner type, old. not the whiner well, type. Steven's the the youngin, the youngins. Yeah, the the they're the, 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 the younger millennials, the right? Is that millennials still? What are they? I don't even know. Uh, are you a millennial, Steven? With, what are they're you? flirting with Gen Z down there. I'm a millennial, but those those folks are. I'm an expert. Might be Gen Z. I'm an expert. <clears throat> I don't know yeah. these days. Who can keep track? But. Yep. Yeah, it, it, I'm a millennial, so, uh, you know, I hate going to work, and uh, I don't work well with others, and I wish my parents gave me more money, so, you know. What's your Myers-Briggs there, Jeff? You almost you gave oh, half of it. Oh, good lord. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we mentioned Stevens here. Uh, fellas, how about, how about you boys? How's your past week been? You ready for some blues hockey? It's getting there, man. Tomorrow, uh, training camp starts, so... Uh, yeah, let's get after it. I'm, uh, I'm ready for yeah. some actual, legit blues uh, conversation and talk. All right, and the weather is right on time. Uh, yes. Nice 20-degree yeah. nice temperature swing in two days, and we've uh, you know moved on to sweater weather. I love it. <laughs> the the not, Sunday- not that it'll be here right it's going to well, be a little bit warmer this weekend. I was going to say, yeah, during the Blue, Note, the Blue Note yeah. 5K, it's supposed to be like a mid to upper 80s, I think. So yeah. that's at least, but not in the morning, I don't think. So it should be all right in the morning. Right. I think we'll be fine getting the car back home by noon. We'll be okay. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, the Blue Note 5K is uh, Forest Park this weekend, Sunday. If you haven't signed up and you were planning on it, uh, time is running out. You can still do so. Yep. So I think uh, I think I'm picking up my stuff. What is it? Uh, Fleet Feet? Fra- they Fleet Feet Friday, Friday or Saturday. Yep. Yeah. I think I'll yep. be there Friday to pick that up. Yeah. I think Amy's getting uh, ours, as always, and mine and hers. So <laughs> I'm yeah. standing awesome. in line gonna, Sunday who's morning. Who's going to win? Who's going to win of the three of you, Kirk? Of uh, the three of us, my daughter, Zoe, probably. She brags about yeah. uh, about winning, quote, quote, winning at the All-Star uh, Festivity 5K that we did. Um you know, I'm not, it's, she's, she's 12. <laughs> she was, uh, what was it? 10 back then, I guess. Um, so, um, yeah. And I was running with her and at the very end, she just decided to bolt towards the finish line and beat me. So that was nice. a little cheating going on, but uh, whatever, whatever holds your boat. You should have uh, just ran up behind her and tripped her. I should have. I should have passed the finish line yeah, and started oh, doing like rock oh, dance or something. It's on Sunday. It's like, aha. Yeah. I'm bigger. I'm stronger. You gotta, you gotta insert your dominance when you can as a father. I've yeah. learned that. Yeah, it'd be the alpha male. Right. I've learned and that with my nine-year-old. You know her <laughs> tactics. If you let her win again, <laughs> it, it's on you. Or I could just be a good dad letting her win. Uh, we yeah. we have a uh, a giveaway tonight, which will uh, take place uh, uh, before I well up until our first break. Well, I guess we'll make the decision. Uh, uh, during the first break, Jeff, or how are we going to do this? We didn't talk about that in detail, but yeah. 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 So yeah, what we'll do is uh, we're going to have, so I like to do the comment of the show and uh, we actually have an early runner here already. Uh, <laughs> so I'll go ahead and mention him, Kevin Welch, who I don't know if we've had in the live chat before. So might be a new live listener. Uh, he in the YouTube chat says, Steven is losing in the blues swag contest. What are you doing <laughs> there, is, Stephen? Come on, buddy. That's severely true. Well, it, it's a ceiling, so I, to be fair, I don't have anything on my ceiling either. <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's there's no angle I can give you that makes it better, though. So <laughs> I recently moved, if that's any consolation. Somewhere in here, wow. I've got a Yaroslav Halak poster. So there you go. Maybe I can wow. pull that out of the break and just kind of stick it up. <laughs> you get Bill's vote. Yeah. Uh, yep. Chris Bray in the YouTube chat says, uh, Happy Autumnal Equinox, fellas. <laughs> Which yes, he, to you too, Mr. Bray. He is he is known for uh, his uh, celebratory uh, equinox posts. So <laughs> interesting. <laughs> First day of he's yeah. known for. I mean, I mean, he's known well he, amongst his friends on the social media that uh, that uh, he's friends with. So I've seen, wait a I, minute, you're telling me a listener of this show has friends? Apparently, <laughs> I mean, at least one me. So I don't know. I'm not sure if other oh. personal friends he's got going on. I'm sure he does. He's a nice guy. Sure, he's friends. Nice. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He was yeah. in the uh, he was in the uh, Let's Go Blues Radio uh, trivia contest. Uh, oh, that's back. right. And he lost to Jimmy. Yeah. It, How do you lose to Jimmy? I don't know. It's it's embarrassing. <laughs> All right, let's. We need to get to our uh, this. This is the breaking stuff here, folks. Uh, that people are probably tuning in for, not just you know our beautiful faces and Stephen's beautiful background, but um, <laughs> the. Uh, this is uh, so. This comes to us from the official pregame party of the St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, for those of you that are not in St. Louis or don't care about the Cardinals, uh, just turn your ears off for the next couple minutes. Uh, but uh, yeah, we've got some pretty awesome news. Uh, I actually mentioned to Kurt and Bill that I've been checking out this uh, this this great spot in St. Louis, the uh, Cardinal Cardinals Nation Bar, which is literally right across the street from Bush Stadium. Uh, they even have an entrance right there to uh, get into Bush Stadium for a game. We just discovered late this year that they've got a setup where they have a pregame party for up to two and a half hours before the game till the first pitch. All you can eat, all you can drink. And my in-laws, me, my wife, we've fallen in love with it. It's fantastic. It's all the 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 stadium food, the brats, the nachos, the hot dogs. Plus, they've got like bacon and eggs, and uh, just great breakfast food and, and snacks. Just it's awesome, and then the beer's flowing, uh, very easy. And, and if you think about it, you know, forty bucks would be kind of like, eh, but it's awesome. It's really cool. Um, they uh, um, again, forty dollars. Think about what you're spending in the ballpark, Kurt. You, you, you have can... two young kids. What, you can, what when you take them to a game? How much are you spending if if you're getting food and drink? Oh, I'm cheap. I don't buy them anything. But uh, if not, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, when you go there, you'll spend, you know, what is it, six, eight bucks on a hot dog. You'll spend uh, another seven or eight, nine dollars on a soda or whatever it is. Um, and if they want ice cream, you know, and if you want something yourself, then all of a sudden you're you're pushing thirty, forty bucks right there. So I mean, it's and then. Yeah, and if you've got two kids with you at the game, you want to be drinking heavily. So, I mean, you're going to have a lot of beer. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how I am with my son. Um, right. That's that's the only way he knows me is drunk dad. So, uh, that's, yeah, that's, a it, good, I mean, that's a good story. <laughs> and it, uh, no, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. He's actually never. I think that's, Child that's, Services has actually uh, joined the chat. He's, he's actually <laughs> never seen me uh, drunk. So that's good for me. Uh, nine years so far. So I'm happy with that. Uh, but anyway. So uh, well, you're, you're an I absentee this, father, so you, he wouldn't have seen you drunk anyway. That's true. I've only met him three times. <laughs> um, 
All right. But, but about the giveaway and why I mentioned the official pregame party, the St. Louis Cardinals, they also have a DJ there. Well, he's not a DJ. He's a host. Uh, his name's Joe. He is the biggest asshole. Hmm. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. Isn't he the he guy is, that uh, gave us these tickets? Yes. Yes. <laughs> And I said, what a dick. I guarantee you, he's listening to this right now and he's saying, yep, he, he, it's his sense of humor. He's one of those guys. And he literally just picks on me the whole time I'm there, which I love. I love that. Um, and, and so, yeah, his name's Joe. He's fantastic. You can far, follow him over on Twitter at Cardinals pregame is literally that that's it. Cardinals pregame, all one word. Um, so he's the one that hooked us up with these. He's gotten to know me through the podcast. He found out I had a podcast. We got to talking. Great guy. Uh, so, but Jeff, what do people have to do show. to win these tickets? That I'm, I'm glad you asked, Kurt. Let me I mean, tell you, people are wanting to know. So, uh, they host the official pregame party over at Cardinals Nation uh, before every home game. That's every home game. So keep that in mind. Uh, it's inside the Hall of Fame Club on the second floor inside the Cardinals Nation. Uh, all-inclusive party for two and a half hours up to the first pitch. Guess what? You're going to get those for next Wednesday's game if you win our contest tonight. And t- Unfortunately, podcasters, you uh, you are not eligible for this. This is for a for our live listeners specifically. And, yes, also, I know Kirk's getting to right. tickets to the game itself. So the, the, uh, pre-game, the pre-game party. Brewers. Yeah, the pre-game party. Pre-game party for up to two and a half hours before the first pitch. <laughs> two tickets. And – Two tickets to the game itself. Yep. Uh, so, again, that's got your full buffet in the pregame party. Rabid Cardinals fan base. They have prizes, giveaways. The party's very interactive with everybody that attends. Everyone has a chance to win. I won a T-shirt my first time. My wife has won a couple T-shirts in the two times we've been. Um, and every now and then a Cardinals legend will pop by from time to time. Uh, so, uh Again, and, and also want to go ahead and mention tickets are still available for the final homestand over at cardinals.com slash pregame if uh, you want to go to one of these events and try it out for yourself. Um, I will, and then so the giveaway is two tickets for Wednesday the 29th versus Milwaukee and two pregame tickets starting at 4.15 that day. So take off work early and all that you got to do, folks, jump in the YouTube chat. Well, if you're listening right now, you're already there. Or the Facebook chat. We are monitoring both. <laughs> best comment. Best comment. Uh, you get you get uh, you get tickets. You get you win. You win the whole package. Two tickets for each. Um, and uh, I will also say, brand new news for Kurt and Bill. Even that um, these two tickets. Uh, I'm sorry. That second place also gets a prize. Mm. So we'll have two comments of the show. I love surprises. And, uh, Yep, and the second one, and that that person will get two Hall of Fame tickets to check out the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Nice, so, and the Hall of Fame is now uh, over uh, across the street, more or less, right? Uh, in that that actually that, Cleveland. Ah, oh, that's that's, how, that's awkward. That's weird. Um, it's very silly. Canton, right next to the football Hall of Fame, <laughs> but it's isn't it next to the uh, that AstroTurf field where the big screen is, where you can go out like in the courtyard area, so. and there's the, the outdoor bars. That's a really fantastic area too. By the way, over in Ballpark, uh, next to Ballpark Village, there, uh, next to the uh, right, yeah. right down from the uh, the big huge uh, World Series statue and the and the big STL statue where folks like to take pictures. 
Um, really cool place to just walk up and watch a game for nothing. You can get the atmosphere. You hear the crowd from the stadium right across the street, and and there's bars you can walk up to and get a get a drink. And there's a, a huge TV up uh, elevated that you can watch and outside. It's neat. It's cool. If you haven't been there. So anyway, and, and I think yes, the Hall of Fame this, is right this, is right there. And this is this is awesome. Uh, so we already got a couple comments here. I want to go ahead and get to. Uh, we've got uh, Kevin Welch says baseball game is a hundred dollars for a family, even if the tickets are free. And he's right. Yeah. But again, and that's why this pregame party is so beautiful. When I go with my in-laws and my wife, I get loaded at the pregame party with food and beer, and then I'm good for nine innings. I don't need to get anything else. And maybe I'll get a water in the eighth inning, and that's it. Depending where you park, too. I mean, parking is if you want to park close, that's not cheap either. So I yep. mean, but you can. I mean, if you want to, if you want to make it really cheap, you if you win these tickets, you go park, you know, a ways away somewhere. Uh, and I, we always like to park uh, near Forehands. Outside of forehands, you park in the street there if you can get a spot, a spot in the street before they, because they charge like five bucks to park in the lot, which is nothing. You park there and you can go in and have a beer or two and then walk over to the game. It's not that far of a walk. And, or you can park uh, in the street for, a, street for free. If you want to go on a little hike, you could park at our friends at Centerize. Centerize Brewery, well. too. Yeah. I would say yep. get a beer before, but you're going to be doing that at the pregame. So. That'd be well, silly. You, you, well, go ahead and stop and get one anyway. You, I mean, that's, you're, you're, that's yeah, too, too much beer is silly. Yeah, silly. Right. Too much beer. Silly. Uh, but no, and that's that's. I'm I'm not kidding when I say this. Like when I go to games, and especially if it's a drinking day, I spend a shit ton of money. When I go to these pregame parties, right. I spend maybe another seven eight bucks on water. In the I guess it would be the seventh inning. Uh, that's it, and and that's it. So these are free tickets, free food, free beer, free snacks. All right, wait. It's a win 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 win. They're so you're saying they're free. I don't understand. Free. Oh, free. free, 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 free. Why do you say that? Um, folks keep commenting. And uh, yeah. we, again, we've got, uh, we've got some stuff we're going to get to in a little bit here, but uh, in terms of what we already have, uh, Austin Lynch gives us an update. Speaking of the Cardinals, they just won and now are uh, on a 11 game win streak, which is a, fantastic. Great time for this giveaway. You know, they're right in the middle of this yeah. and they're, they're, you they're, go to these games. they're essentially, I don't want to count chickens before they've been hatched, but uh, they're, gonna make the playoffs now so oh yeah um, yeah it's it's almost a it's tough be tough for them to lose they have to they have to lose quite a few games and what the reds would have to almost win out so yep uh good. chris bray says and i'm looked, taking ken hitchcock if i win yeah and has <laughs> officially been disqualified <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait to get to the ken hitchcock and uh, a portion of the show I mean, we haven't talked about I hitchcock will. in a long time no it's been a while fire away folks <laughs> I, I i i almost miss those days yep uh, I, I miss the bill rants those are some of the best Brandy, uh, Brandy Capone asks, what if I take a broadcaster slash podcaster to the game? <laughs> that sounds um, like a bribe. <laughs> it, I mean, if you yeah. want to take Steven, that's not going to help you. I'll give you that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And by the way, when I it say depends on who... the show, I, a lot of times I pick the funniest. Keep in mind that uh, sometimes I do pick the most intelligent and insightful and again, well, Kurt and Jill will be weighing in on this as well. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, uh, just be, be funny if you want to be funny. Be clever. Be smart. Uh, what, what, whatever you think. Over to you guys. One cup. We'd never expect intelligent or insightful comments. So you know, well, kudos we, to you guys. Oh, we, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's hit or miss with this crowd. Sometimes you never know. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so we'll be uh, and we'll be giving that away. Um, the entry for that, I guess, will be at the end of the uh, first segment, which uh, will be marked by our first commercial break. So you guys will know when that happens. When it happens. Yep. Uh, All right. Uh, Chris so, Gray also so said just, he clinched the playoff spot that day, which is true. Right, and he's <laughs> redeemed himself with a Mike Lager reference. The only guy <laughs> to ever hit the ball completely out of Old Bush Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Over the, over the roof. He's redeemed yeah. himself. Yep. He's requalified. Right. He's Foul ball. Running. Foul ball straight back. I remember that. Uh, we got the, the Ponder Cup coming up, right? Uh, yep. uh, how many spots we got left, Jeff? You know offhand? Oh, uh, 36, I okay. believe. Um, we, got, we got until yeah. November, right? So it's got a little bit yet. Oh, yeah. And and we all know hockey players. We're all, we all wait to the last second. We're all procrastinators. You know, there's been times where the, the rink has come to me and said, hey, uh, it's four weeks till the tournament and you're not full. You still have 15 spots left. And I'm like, yeah, well, they're hockey players, and all I got to do is put one post out, and they'll all start signing up, and that's what's going to happen. So I'm not worried. We'll get signed up, but I will say if you are interested in playing, it's a roller hockey tournament. No, you've never had to play before. We've actually had brand-new players come in and play before, and, and uh, I think one guy even scored a goal once. Um, and it's just for charity. It's for fun, so we don't care. Yes, it's a little competitive. Yes, you want to win the Ponder Cup, us captains have some bragging rights with that as I have been, it's been elusive. I can't win my own cup since the first year. Uh, I need to change that. Kirk, well, you got to help me with that. Well, you've won it. I've been on I a team won that's won it. Year. Yeah. You won it the first year. I've been on a team that won it. I think that was next, the following year we won it uh, yeah. on uh, Paul's team. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I've won it, you know, whatever. I'm just playing for fun now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've already, but see, for me, I hear from, about it all year if yeah. I lose, especially like that's why I, I set it up because we already had one earlier this year. We had the 2020 tournament in uh, May uh, because I took sixth place. So all I've been hearing from the other captains are, wow, Ponder, in your own tournament, you took last. Hmm. Uh, so I need to make sure that it's doesn't t- happen. It, again. It's, a t- it's a team game. Team game. You win as a team, lose as a team. Uh, Chris no, Bray says, uh, I play hockey. When is it? When is it, Jeff? Uh, it is November 20th. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving. It's at Queenie Park. Uh, we get started. Oh, I don't have the exact time. Um, I think things get started at 11 this year. We're getting started a little earlier. Mm, uh, what's my alarm? Yeah. Oh, I we'll have to get up at like 930. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I got to drive over there. Shit. When I was growing up, getting up early to go play hockey at Queenie Park meant getting up at five mm. to get there for a six thirty seven o'clock start. So, don't complain about eleven. <laughs> oh, how about this, guys? Andrew Kern, who is a, a a longtime friend of mine, but a listener of both our podcasts, in the Facebook chat to Stephen, what's up, everything? <laughs> and speak, I, on, on that, we ask about that now i okay so for those don't know do it that's how steven opens every single episode of of two guys one cup i want to hear where did that come from i want to hear it first uh that is an obscure reference to john mulaney and nick kroll's oh hello on broadway which is also on netflix uh it is a completely throwaway line in the show but one that tickled ian and i so much Around the time that we started the podcast, that we just rolled with. <laughs> but it's not. It's, but it's not what you say. It's how you say it, though. 
That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I throw a little more spice into it than he did, but um, yeah, I don't I don't even really remember the context in the show. But he just walks on stage at one point and says, "What's up, everything?" And that's where we stole it from. Okay. So when when you start the show, let let's say, all right, the two guys one cup show is starting. Here we go. We're live. Boom, Stephen. What do you say? I would give them a what's up, everything. There you go. <laughs> there it is. That's the first one that's ever been live, I think, by the way. So, you know, oh, wow. For your listeners. Groundbreaking moment. <laughs> also, Lynn says, uh, Ponda, you seem to not win a damn game. So he was just talking trash. I, He's not again, trying to win the tickets anymore. Sixth place. <laughs> Yes, I did not win a game last tournament. That was uh, that was rough. The problem was we didn't have any like superstar players. I took a very well balanced team, which in ice hockey is the way to go. In roller hockey with eight guys, you got to have one guy that'll dominate the game, and I just didn't have that. I didn't have my Kurt Price. <laughs> no, maybe no, maybe almost that much uh, back in my heyday, but not yeah, not anymore. I'll be. I'm a I'm gonna get the puck and look around and pass somebody else guy now. <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> uh, let's do official beers. Yeah, official beers episode number three twenty. You can follow each of us on the Untapped app. I'm at C Price twelve. Jeff is J Ponder ninety four, and Bill is Billy Blue Note thirty three. Bill, uh, are you are you sporting uh, uh, one of the beers that you picked up today? You're on mute, 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 Bill. There he goes. Had to happen. Had to happen. Um, yeah, so I am. I am sporting one of the beers I picked up. Um, it is fall beer season. I got a Founders Velvet Rush uh, that uh, I acquired today. Uh, Total Wine in Brentwood. Um, and yeah, Founders doing a coffee beer. They never do them wrong. They, in my mind, they are the undisputed kings of coffee beers, especially the dark coffee beers. This yep. is an Imperial Brown Ale that has um, cocoa uh, brewed with coffee, chocolate, and vanilla extract, and milk sugar added, and aged in bourbon barrels. And I will say that for being a bourbon barrel aged beer, um, don't really taste it in this one. Anyway, Sorry. yeah. Sorry. So, so yeah, it's 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 a lovely coffee beer. Welcome to fall. Uh, I'm enjoying it, but I look forward to the uh, the other one that I bought as well, which I think Kurt is having tonight. Yes, I am, and I'm pouring it now. So, Jeff, why don't you go? Uh, Kevin Welch says, "Did Bill just describe Hitchcock as a beer?" <laughs> very nice very nice uh brian roberts also says fall beer season is the best of the beer seasons so uh yeah it's a lot of fun Ooh, to... couldn't couldn't oh, agree no. more uh i'm actually gonna yield and uh, i'm gonna go to our guest Stephen ground please what's uh what's your beer of the episode well my beer is a very distinguished yingling uh, America's oldest brewery, if the label is to be believed, uh, because it is basically a Budweiser, but because you cannot buy it in St. Louis, it feels almost important. So this bad boy was either picked up at a Hy-Vee in Nashville or a Publix outside Jacksonville. It's anyone's guess, but 
you know, I, I enjoy a, I enjoy a Ying Wing just specifically because it feels special, even though it really, really is not. <laughs> yeah. I think the first time I had uh, Yingling was in uh, North. Was uh, when was it Landon's wedding, Bill? When maybe the first time I had Yingling? Yeah, we were in a rally. Might have yeah. been then the first time I had it. Yeah. Yeah, we well, we bought a couple of twelve packs for the hotel. Didn't they have and, it? They had it at the reception, didn't they? No, they had it at the reception too. But yeah, and yeah. I, as I recall, we had some back at the hotel as well. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, yeah, so uh, I, definitely an Eastern U.S. thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was very – so the first time I ever had Yingling was, uh, gosh, 2014 when I was at the draft in Pittsburgh. Um, I was very excited to try it because I'd never had it. And I had heard, you know, people out here, I wish we had Yingling, wish we had Yingling. I'll admit, I was very underwhelmed um, just because I was expecting, like, the most gourmet beer ever. Uh, but I will say now that I've had it a couple more times, it is great. It's, it's a great beer. I have no qualms with it. It's just, I think in my own head, I just like hyped it up to be like the greatest beer you can't get anywhere, you know, because it's not yeah. St. Louis. Classic supply and demand. If, if it was on every shelf here, we wouldn't think anything of it, but because it, we can't yep. get it. It's like the special. In-N-Out Burger here, I guess, for people that have had it in the past that can't get it here, yeah. it's like that's the greatest thing in the world. Exactly, guys. We've got we've got a celebrity in the chat, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Uh, Yingling is best, he says. It sounds that's like something a... Matt Damon would say. Matt Damon. <laughs> and the way he would say it, Yingling is best. Yep, Yingling is best. <laughs> We say it in the most Sorry, loving way. <laughs> we love you, Matt Damon. Oh, you want to um, sing the Sarah Silverman song? <laughs> oh, my. We could. We could. No, we uh, can't. My beer is actually the first time we've ever had this. Um, so the Beauty Milkshake from our friends over at Center Ice Brewery. Um, I've actually never – again, I never had this before. It's great. Now, I will say the Beauty IPA is – and I've said this a million times on this show, and God damn it, Steve Albers coined this best IPA there is all around in St. Louis. It is the best. Uh, so I do like the original beauty a little better than this, but it's it's solid. It's a good uh, the good. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very thick. Uh, I can't think of the word. No, it's uh, creamy and it's it's good. It's a good beer. I'll think of the word. What makes I it a milkshake? Live. What makes it milkshake IPA? It's just it 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 just it's got a little. Bill, you've had it. I'm yeah. I'm at a loss for adjectives here. Yeah, so it's they use milk sugar in the brewing process. There we go. So it right, it, it's become a very prevalent thing with brewing. Um, but yeah, the the first time I had it, I you know I I was really I think. I had my heart set on like the full on creamsicle experience and it wasn't there. Um, so I was disappointed the first time, but uh, the follow up ones that I drank uh, definitely, definitely enjoyed those much more um, now that I knew what to expect. Um, but yeah, there, there is a, a different, uh, almost a different texture to it because of the, uh, the, the milk sugar uh, that's brewed with, but yeah, it's it's tasty. 
the uh, uh, I don't know why these back to back posts in the YouTube chat made me laugh. Uh, Chris Bray said, uh, "I had a Canada Drive with dinner. Does that count?" <laughs> it's just it's an ale. It's an a- it's, it's it's ginger. A ginger ale. ale. And then Brandy Caponi says, uh, "I may or may not have stolen a picture of Yingling out of a VFW in New York at a wedding." <laughs> Very nice, Brandy. Very nice. I enjoy the detail to that uh, that post. Yep. Uh, I do. I I do have the uh, the uh, bill the the bill beer was referring to <laughs> the beer that Bill was referring to the uh, highly acclaimed KBS uh, a flavored stout from uh, founders cinnamon vanilla cocoa. Which there it is for the for the camera. If I can, my lighting here yeah, is weird tonight. It's bright. The L is a little washed out, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's good. Um, like it says, cinnamon, vanilla, cocoa. Uh, it's an imperial stout with coffee, cinnamon, and vanilla extract, and uh, cocoa nibs aged in oak bourbon barrels. So who doesn't like cocoa nibs, right? It's pretty good. It's a really good beer. I, I enjoy it. It's a very cocoa nibs was my nickname in college. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can, and and I understand that. I've seen it in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> no, it's a this is a this is a fantastic fall beer. Really good. This is this right here is like outdoor um, beer garden, um, cool uh, hooded sweaty, uh, hooded sweatshirt beer. Um, hooded sweaty. <laughs> I can't even talk. I had three wanted, sips of this beer. I can't wanted, even talk. You wanted to say hoodie and you went somewhere else. <laughs> I went. I was. I was. I hoodie and sweatshirt mixed together, and I got sweaty. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> You know what? If you wear right. a hoodie and a sweatshirt, you might get sweaty. <laughs> yeah, you probably would. And if it's not cold enough, sure. But no, I'm just thinking outdoor patio, beer garden. You know, um, yeah. when, it's, when it's cool, chilly, it's, I feel really there's a nip bad in the air. Stephen. Stephen has to listen to this. <laughs> he does. Ridiculousness. He does. So, so yeah, now my second beer tonight, I have to choose either between what Ponder has or what Kurt has. So I have. I'll, I guess I have a little time to think about it, but both of those are are sitting chilled in the fridge. Ooh. This is my second beer. Hashtag yeah, PSL. Nice. Uh, yep, the pan, uh, pumpkin spice lager. From had that. Brewery. I was at I Sunrise say, last I'm weekend. I had it. O'Fallon, still an O'Fallon fan for the pumpkin, but this is a great beer. It's really good. Yeah, I had it. Yeah, uh, I was there I, for the. Uh, I was watching the Cardinals game there on Saturday. I think it was Saturday. Was it Saturday? Yes, yes. And I had the pumpkin uh, beer. That was good. I had that says they first had it two years ago. Was that right? I think maybe three. Mm-hmm. I don't. Know, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I had it uh, last year. Uh, it's quite good. Had it again. It's good again. Good stuff. Uh, okay, now we can get us some blues talk. Is that cool? Uh, today, no, let's keep talking about stuff that nobody cares about. Yeah, it's like people are like, oh my god, where's that? When's that first segment? And we get your, get the comments in there. Who's going to win this? Kurt gets the tickets for hooded sweaty. Kevin Welch in the YouTube chat. I I, I would agree. I don't know, I don't know, if, Joe, I don't know if Joe would be okay with it. Hey, by the way, we gave those tickets to one of the hosts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the uh, the yeah, the the the. the Fans of the show, listeners of the show, just kind of uh, let us down. So we had to go with one of ours. <laughs> <laughs> Today in St. Louis Blues history, courtesy of, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, September 22nd, 1991, 30 years ago today, St. Louis Blues trade Rod Brindamore and Dan Quinn to the Philadelphia Flyers for Ron Sutter and Murray Barrett. 
Not a good trade. Not a good move. I mean, you're not going to... Even though Baron was a serviceable defenseman, and Sutter was... He was a Sutter. You know, uh, not, a, not a great one. Um, it's all right. You know, a checker. But, uh, yeah, losing Brindamore. Although at the time, at the time this deal went down, Brindamore was a little bit of a disappointment here, was he not? I mean, he wasn't living up to expectations. So dealing it, him. It took a little while. He was like a defenseman. He took yeah. a little while to, to kind of bloom he as did. a great defensive mm-hmm. forward. And I was all I was all about getting rid of Quinn. I couldn't stand Quinn. So I don't know what you're talking about, man. He was uh, I I was really upset when they got rid of Dan Quinn, medicine woman. <laughs> Him and Butcher coming over in that trade. Oh God! And that that trade, th- this trade is linked to that trade, which I thought was worse than this one. The losing yeah. uh, Courtnall and well, yeah, that's one of the worst trades of all time. It's it's terrible. That that killed. Even though that team to finish season one seven straight that year, um, they that team was a really good team, and that that right. if Sutter had to have his big tough stay at home defenseman. And he traded a lot of character to get that, and it just, you know, we got bounced. So, sucked. A lot of bad deals have made been made over the years for big, tough, stay-at-home defensemen. Yeah, when you're giving up talent for size, you know, it's like, Arr! and Butcher, <laughs> Butcher wasn't even. I mean, he was a big defenseman. He wasn't even. He wasn't good. He wasn't a great defenseman. He wasn't. Yeah. You already he said he was big. Player. That means he was good. Isn't that the... <laughs> According to some people, I guess. Uh, I looked up my thesaurus, my hockey thesaurus, and yeah. that's they're the same word. So. I, I, I had a conversation with somebody on Twitter about, uh, uh, I said, I'd rather have talent over, over size any day. I mean, because somebody, somebody was, uh, and we'll talk about this with Brunovich. Uh, somebody was like, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm just worried about his size. I'm like, I'd rather have a talented, smaller guy than a, than a Darian Hatcher kind of guy. So, I don't know. Yeah. I think I'd rather have a Vladimir Chibiturk. <laughs> I knew his name was going to come up. I knew it. Just knew it. It has to. It's, we're contractually obligated. But no, yeah. if, did Actually, you guys Vladimir read Chibiturk the... Vladimir is a sponsor of the show. <laughs> this whole time. He's, <laughs> he's actually now an oligarch. He's paid under the table. <laughs> he's, he's an oligarch now. And, you know, he's he's got he's got his meat hooks into Jeff, so. Um, but did you read that full article um, that was posted? Like that, that gets you even more depressed about the trade. Oh, about Steve. Because it's like, yeah, and this, yeah. this means that we're, you know, Ron Caron has given up on the idea of uh, getting Stevens back through a court process. Because yeah. they were hoping to get him back and uh, to sue and get him back. And then they'd be forced to actually give compensation for getting him back. So it'd be another mess sending players back the other way. I think, uh, because then they say that uh, Brindamore was part of the deal to get the the, right. the, well, the thinking to send them back to New Jersey to get Stevens back. Good Lord. <sighs> right. Andrew Kern in the Facebook chat says it's not about size. It's the motion in the ocean. Mm, right. <laughs> Andrew, um, this is literally an inside joke for two people, me and him. Uh, I ain't leaving. That's all I'm going to say. What? That's that's a good story. We uh, <laughs> we were at a party once, and I I bet him. I told him that, and he because he wasn't a drinker, he was completely sober. This is when we were like twenty twenty one. And you fixed and I that. Him, I'm like, I'm, oh yeah, actually yeah, we did. <laughs> we did fix that. Uh, and I told him, I said, uh, and and just just for his sake, I'm not, I can't say the actual quote, but I basically said, I need you to go around the party and yelling. I ain't leaving until someone has sex with me. 
I'll, I'll put that the nicest way possible. That's so right. And you stepped man. up. And and everybody, yeah, I stepped up. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> nice, nice, nice friends. Nice uh, friends reference. Yeah, that's right. I stepped yep. up. That's right. I stepped up, but only I couldn't go. Uh, no, uh, so yeah, Andrew, uh, Andrew was a sober man. Everybody knew him. Every, he was a very famous fella in our circle. So like everybody knew he was sober and he's literally running around the party yelling that. And it was just hysterical to see this to drunk people. Imagine that, you know, I mean, we were all just falling over laughing at this crazy dude running around yelling that about a hundred times. Continue. All right. All right. Sorry. Uh, September 22nd, 2015, the uh, St. Louis Cardinals host the St. Louis Blues night at Bush Stadium as uh, David Backus throws out the first pitch. And uh, that is uh, and, and, and topical because David Backus is in the news once again for the Blues. So um, only two items tonight on the uh, Let's Go Blues or uh, St. Louis Blues history. Um, last, uh, we can, uh, I, well, we talked about doing. We'll we'll do the. How about we do the first break after we chat with Stephen about his trip? Does that work good for you guys? Yeah, let's do that. That way, yeah, that, that way, way we'll give we'll comment a little bit more and more time for uh, people to get some comments in with actual blues talk with the discussion we're having. How's that? We'll do that. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe since we found out this week that Tom Hanks is a blues fan, maybe he'll jump in and he'll have something to say. We found that out. Yeah, Tom Hanks is a blues fan. Am I the only one that knows about this? No, no. The the trailer for his new movie is wearing a blues jersey, a '90s throwback. Yeah, I missed. I missed that. I missed that completely. I, I I put that in our show topics thread. You didn't see that? No, I don't look at that. What? That's, that's the whole reason it's there. So you, in particular, look at it. Oh, be Dan, look at that. There, I did see that. I saw, but the images, <laughs> the images, is goofy. It's. And he's covering up. I didn't. I didn't notice it was a jersey. It's a. It's a strange image. I didn't. I did see it. I didn't click on it. I didn't notice the blues thing. Oh, okay, that's cool. Well, there you go, Tom Hanks. If you're listening, you uh, you might be our winner. Go ahead and tune in. We'd love to have you in the cardinal game. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, Stephen from Two Guys No Cup. Uh, two guys No Cup. Two guys. That was the old title. Uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen from the Two Guys One Cup podcast, which is uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Two Guys One Cup. Um, uh, Stephen went to uh, Traverse City, Michigan for the Prospects Tournament the Blues were involved in. Uh, don't worry, Stephen. There will not be a trivia contest during this show. Just so Phew. you know. That's good. Good. I don't want, I've been embarrassed by you guys enough. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, the last time he was on, we actually had a little trivia contest. Kurt and we? Bill were That's not true. on for that episode. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I had a, uh, what was it, the best friend challenge? I had you and Ian mm-hmm. answer questions and see if you guys could get it right. Kind of like a newlywed game. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. Uh, and, and then so- you lost in trivia to us. Yep. That <laughs> that also happened. It's been fun. Trivia is not at all uh, triggering when I'm talking to you guys. So, I- <laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing up my trauma. <laughs> you know what, though? I I, I, I think about when we did trivia at, at Sunrise Brewery and uh, that was just a fun night in general. But uh, I think the, the whole, the, the whole aspect of it is that you guys, you guys had the lead by a few, by a few points on us. I think it was going in the final round. And then we did, we did very, very well. And then you guys, not so much. Sweep. 
not so much in the in the final <laughs> round. I think in the final round, I think it was um like wasn't it old school questions or something? It was, uh, I was history. Something like that, which, yeah, I think you mentioned that, yeah, something wasn't, wasn't in the wheelhouse you guys had. So, anyway, but that was, that was interesting to come back that way. But uh, that was a lot of fun uh, with you guys. You know, I, I still have that picture that was taken of us all in the, in the penalty box that they have there, the old, the old Barnes penalty box, which is pretty cool, of uh, two guys, one cup. Brent's and, actually got it. He's actually got it framed I on the opposite wall that he's looking at. I should have brought it down. It's, it's, it's actually the entire size of the wall. Right. Yeah, it's, it's been wall- it's really weird converted to wallpaper. I need a, that on the ceiling. Heart. He's got <laughs> yeah, a heart above your bed. Ian's face. Above your bed. It's really weird. Well, you know who doesn't honestly. You, just, just, just remove the mirror from above your bed and put that picture up there. <laughs> there we go. That was so long ago. I think we were two guys no cup when, uh, when yeah. that went down. So. Uh, yeah, I guess it was, wasn't it? Man, yeah. was, it that must was, have been was, in the season building up to that. Yeah, I, I think, think it was. Yeah. It was right before, or yeah, the season of. Yeah, I think so. So let's, let's talk about your show's name then. Uh, how did that come about? It's a it's a play on a video, I believe. Is it not? I don't know. I, I, I've been told it was. We've never heard. Uh, or seeing the video. Uh, oh, come on. No, who who know, on the show actually, Who on the show has seen the video? Come on. Who's seen it? I actually genuinely have not. I've seen it. There we go. Okay. I'm familiar, I'm familiar so with the you're concept. still you're just, you're still an innocent soul. <laughs> I was yeah. one of the one of the unfortunate few who actually was tricked into seeing it. My my brother of all people was like, "Dude, this is this all is right. really weird that I want to show you this, but like so, these two chicks, it's amazing. You got to see this. And so, I okay. Every day for it. So you were, you were tricked into seeing it. Did you watch the whole thing? <laughs> yeah. Cause I felt like I had to. <laughs> it was you, like, you were tricked I into seeing away. it. It's so offensive, but you watched the whole thing. <laughs> well, I turned away and I was just like, Nope. And, and like, he just paused it and was like, Nope. We ain't leaving the spot. Until oh, we you were you were made like, to watch it. I see. All right, fine. I was like, it's probably going to be quite the sensation. People are going to talk about it for the next 100 years. I might as well watch the whole thing. And who knew that we'd be talking uh, with uh, Stephen Ground today, and it was a podcast name. It's a it's a play on that. So blues related too, uh, oddly enough. So anyway, yeah. that's pretty. <laughs> and you guys initially had the two guys no cup, right? Yeah. And to answer your question, um, I don't, I can't say I remember exactly when we decided on that. I just know that when we, when we landed on it, cause we talked about doing a podcast for a while. And so we were sort of planning out in advance. And when we landed on that, it just felt like, you know, it had to be to reference such a cultural icon with the name of your podcast. It just felt right. So we never could have predicted in 2017 when we started that we would be changing the name as quickly as we right. did, but I mean, certainly happy to have done that. <laughs> so, I mean, here. that's, I mean, and so, I mean, uh, when they win the cup this year, you got to go to G two C, right. And that's got a nice little ring yeah. to it. So there a little we go. Repetition there. Yeah. Um, two guys, two cups. Yeah. Two guys, two cups. We, we, we've <laughs> talked on this show a lot about how, when we, why we wanted to start doing a blues podcast, you know, 10 years ago, but uh, how, how you've been in your show since 2017, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, Sorry, what was it? What, no, what was what was the when you when you decide like the the conversation when you were gonna you were talking about starting a podcast like what how'd that come about like what did you guys why did you guys want to do that? 
Yeah, so Ian and I uh, actually met in high school, very St. Louis story, um, and have been kind of friends ever since, but we got even closer talking about the blues and we just enjoyed doing that. Um, so when we both finished college and we're back in town, we talked about it a little bit and he'd started listening to uh, the Steve Dangle podcast a lot and kind of introduced me to that. We enjoyed those guys. Um, and then that was the summer that uh, Vegas expanded, I believe. And I, be I think, oh, Friedman mentioned, you know, if you're, if you're talking, want to talk about hockey if you want to start a blog if you want to start a podcast this is the summer to do it because there's going to be all this news and all this action because of the expansion draft um and we had you know kind of talked about it a little bit from time to time and we just thought why not let's do it we're talking about the blues all the time anyway there's no harm in recording it and sending it out to three people um and we send it to those <laughs> same three people to this day <laughs> so you know that's funny uh, <laughs> there's something there's something oh, interesting guys, about you it have a great, you guys yes. have a great following um I, I again we've said this a million times on our show when we started out we were literally like i don't know if anyone besides our families and friends are going to <laughs> listen to this you know and yeah luckily that's that's grown and grown and grown exponentially over the years and it's been awesome um and i'm sure you guys are seeing the same thing but for me it's it's the same thing like we were just like, we want to get some hockey talk out there, get some more blues talk. And we've seen these podcasts come up over the years. And the ones that, that last and stay are the ones that are getting the listens, you know, the ones that aren't getting listens, they go away very quickly. So mm -hmm. clearly you guys are doing something right. Yeah. I think for us, it's just, you know, it's still a ton of fun. I think that's, that's the main reason that we keep doing it and, you know, we'll continue to, um, but I do think, you know, the the friends that we've made along the way, present company excluded, of course, um, you know, it's really that's been the biggest surprise to me is as we've made some really good friends and, you know, um, had a lot of fun along the way that we never expected to have people that started listening, you know, and, and maybe tweeted us a few times. But then over the months and years have become actual genuine friends. Um, that's kind of been the best part for us, I think, is just the community. The uh, Twitter community can be toxic at times, uh, as I'm what? sure you guys know. What? But no. there are occasional highlights, too, and, and that's been a lot of fun. <laughs> it's interesting to uh, me that we, when, we, when we talk about uh, – you can talk hockey with your friends uh, in a, you know, a non – broadcasting environment, right? Just, just right. hanging out, talking with during a game, after a game, whatever, at a bar, whatever. But there's just something different about, uh, sitting down, uh, semi-organized, right? With mics and recording equipment and, 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 and putting it out there. It's, and you've got like a, a rough outline we want to talk about or whatever. Uh, it's just kind of interesting about how much more in depth and intelligent the conversation gets. When you're actually, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's kind of yeah. weird because it's, it's, it, it, you're not just, you know, you, you research some things and you, 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 uh, you have it out and you want to sound like, you know, what you're talking about more or less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but I it's a lot of fun us, in that respect too. Yeah. I think with us, we would never pretend to be any level of professional, but I do think that it, um, kind of heightens the enjoyment to kind of be thinking about through the week, um, 
you know, sort of what we're going to talk about, preparing notes as news comes up, talking about, you know, what are we going to cover? What aren't we going to cover? A lot of those conversations kind of get heightened. And then, you know, this week we're doing our prospect pyramid episode, which is one of the one of the few episodes that we do every year after the Traverse City tournament. And, you know, we just we're both really excited to talk about that in a formal sense and be dead wrong about where we rank all the prospects again, as we always are. And, you know, it's, it's a ton of fun. Um, we, we got to get into talking about uh, Traverse City, but um, Bill, did I say that right? Traverse City. <laughs> Thank Traverse. you. Traverse. We, we discovered before the show that apparently I've been saying Traverse City wrong forever, <laughs> literally since the, how are you, how are you saying came it? into the hockey world. I call it Traverse City. <laughs> I didn't know I've been saying it wrong. Nobody's ever told me. So Traverse? I, I just, even when I was in the media, I would say like, "Oh, the Blues prospects are heading up to tra- uh, Traverse City this weekend." It's like, well, not once, not you, once did you pay for the weed. Do you want not another friend? Once you want another friends reference? You know the episode when the the coworker of Chandler is calls him by the wrong name and Chandler never corrects him and it just goes on Toby. and on and on and yeah, Toby, and it's too late, and so Chandler just goes by that name at work with him. So it's you know it's, it, 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 you've said it so many times it's just too late to correct you. I I, 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 I think, think I can... said it on JSDK once and they never corrected me. <laughs> Traverse City. Oh, I feel so stupid. I, my whole life has it's, been a lie. Um, it's just a Chevy but, uh, advertisement, you know. You say it enough times, you sell a Chevy Traverse, I mean, and it all pays for itself. <laughs> well, that, that is subliminal that. advertising at its finest. Holy cow! <laughs> exactly. We have, we have to. We have to talk about the tournament. That's that's why you're here, and and people want to hear about, uh, especially Scott Perunovich and other players. But uh, there is a couple questions for you in the YouTube chat. I think I went to Parkway South with Stephen. Are oh, you boy. a Parkway South grad? I am a Parkway South grad. Uh-oh. So this person oh, five also says, did, did Stephen go to Oak Brook? <laughs> yep. Yep. That's your elementary school. This person says, I think we may know each other. He was so nice. (laughs) Uh, Then then it must not have been me. It's a mistaken identity. (laughs) Yeah, another Stephen Ground. Yeah. Um, Stephen, I I hate to put you on the spot, but this person's name is Katrina Harlan. So I don't know if Katrina, yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, yeah. She was nice as well. I'm. I don't remember my high school days super fondly, but there were some good people there. So, man, this is a fun fact. You talked about mistaken identity. I had three people in my uh, kindergarten class that shared my birthday, April 17th. Oh, wow. And one of them actually was also named Steven. So, you know, that's a fun fact. But hi, Katrina. Good to uh, see you again. Sort of <laughs> virtual Jeff reading your face <laughs> about yeah. as virtual as you can get. Someone else saw a, a name online and a message. Yeah, <laughs> you know, pretty I, much. I'm the sure same. Katrina looks great. <laughs> exactly. Right. Make sure it didn't happen. Uh, anyway, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so uh, the so your Traverse City, uh, Michigan uh, prospects <laughs> tournament that you went to. Um, so you traveled there, drove there, I take it. Uh, did you go to all three, uh, all three blues games? I did. Yep. Yep. Um, and I guess, uh, Prunovich is the guy everyone is, is talking about, uh, kind of a standout player. 
for the Blues in the tournament looked really good. Um, so your thoughts on how he looked? Is it the, what you saw in person echo what what other folks saw, or or give us your mm-hmm. your view? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So to give a just a little bit of backstory, I've been three years running. Well, not three years running, but the last three times they've held the tournament. Um, I've gone up with a friend, not Ian, because we would never travel together, but um, with another friend who I like a lot more. And um, <laughs> we we go out there, and uh, it's a great place to visit. And so we have a lot of fun. Um, but over the years that I've been up there, just because of, you know, kind of the teams that are up there, uh, and the level of <laughs> success they've had lately. Let's suffice to say there have been some tro- top draft picks in Traverse City lately. Uh, in the years I've been there, we've seen Philip Zadina and Moritz Sater of the Red Wings, Joe Valeno of the Red Wings, exceptional status in the OHL. Um, Capo Caco was there for the Rangers a few years ago. Some top-level guys. Um, and... There's only been one other player in my three years there that I've seen look as much better than the competition as Scott Perunovich looked this week um, and just consistently stand out every time he touched the puck. Uh, and that was Adam Fox, who obviously just won a Norris Trophy this year. Now, I'm not trying to overhype Perunovich, um, although, you know, I think I just did effectively. But um, yes. He just looked, you know, especially for a guy that we forget has basically not played hockey for, you know, mm-hmm. 12, 15, 18 months. I don't know how long it's been. He just looked so mature, so poised, um, obviously an incredible skater, um, very confident, confident on the puck, but not necessarily selfish with it. Um, and, yeah, he really did. You know, he stood out. Thomas Harley, who's a top um, prospect for the Stars, a top defensive prospect, uh, didn't look anywhere near as good this tournament. Um, Miro Haskinen, when he was there for the Stars, also did not look quite this good. Um, You know, you never want to read too much into three games against other prospects, but just kind of comparatively talking about who I've seen and, and how good people have looked, he really did look just about as good as anyone I've seen out there. Um, and I'm very excited about him. So when when you saw him, especially for me, because I, I watched uh, most of the games on, on TV, mm-hmm. I'd say about 80% of what I saw. But, you know, be, we all know being live, being there, you're seeing – plus I'm sure you're pretty close uh, with how the, uh, the arena is set up in uh, Traverse yeah. City. Traverse. Anyway, Traverse. Um, so <laughs> – Traverse, 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 City. Traverse, Traverse City. <laughs> Travis City. I'm if you're gonna mispronounce one, one, mispronounce both. Traverse City. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I, I noticed for him, like his the ability that to to drag the blue line and keep the puck in, and and be able to basically like find shooting lanes, even when he still has the puck and he's holding on to it, being able to to kind of fake a shot or fake a pass and find a way to get the puck to the net. Uh, was that something that you feel like you noticed a lot with his game? And was there something maybe even better you noticed uh, in the offensive zone from him? Yeah, I think um, 
again, I don't want to draw too many comparisons, but that's sort of the biggest similarity I did notice with Fox when he was out there is just both of them looked like they had complete control when the puck was on their stick. And, you know, it's, it's actually, as, as you guys saw, if you watch the blues game, it's a, a pretty chippy tournament. It's not, it's not all-star game hockey by any means. It's pretty physical, pretty aggressive, and it's community ice center ice, so it's not super polished professional NHL ice, and there's a lot of kind of choppy plays and missed pucks, missed passes. Um, but when he had it, there were not. You know, I mean, obviously there was an odd play here or there uh, that didn't go his way, but I think you said it really well, just his his ability to keep the puck when he wanted to keep it and to put it exactly where he wanted to put it when he wanted to move it, whether that was kind of a seeing eye shot on net or just an incredible cross-ice pass uh, was pretty unmatched. I think the thing I would point to that that maybe didn't get caught as much on camera was a little harder to see was his vision. Um, and, you know, everything I say, I don't claim to be an expert um, hockey scout or anything, but there were several times where he just already was where a play was going to develop, you know, and either intercepted a pass or was backtracking, um, you know, to make up for a mistake on a teammate or make up for his own mistake. There was one one instance on the penalty kill where he got a little too aggressive and tried to kind of drive the net, um, and it didn't go his way, but he had the speed and the aggression and the energy left to kind of get back and intercept the pass cleanly on the other end and just make it look like no big deal. Um, I would say that's the thing probably that stood out to me you know, maybe that people aren't talking about as much as just kind of his hockey IQ and his vision to be where the play was going to develop. But, you know, I don't, I really didn't see a lot of downsides that I could point to in, in those three games. Clem Costin is a, a guy that Love Blues fans are um, anxious to see get some time. Uh, your thoughts on his play? In this tournament? Yeah. So he, w- he wasn't at this tournament this year, but I've seen him he's the last couple of years. Really? I, I, okay, because he was on the roster. Was, yeah, he uh, wasn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's. I, oh, is there eligibility? You know what? Yeah, he's I, not, I, he was. I was going to say. Yeah, I pulled up the wrong roster <laughs> sheet <laughs> before. But never mind. I can he's, say from past years, he's seen he, him before. You know, yes, right. There we he's go. looked pretty good, and um, you know, there I think is. he brings that physicality for sure. Uh, my question is, does he have kind of the offensive upside that you want to put him in a real top six role with him? But. I think he just needs the opportunity to prove himself at this point. Um, so I want to go ahead and tell our listeners, uh, live listeners right now, to keep those comments coming, especially if you have questions for Stephen, too, not just to win those Cardinal tickets. Uh, if you want to know anything about any prospects Stephen saw at the tournament. Um, I wanted to ask you particularly, so again, um, you know, back in, in my media days, I don't know if Kurt and Bill know that I used to be in the media, um, I had that, no idea. Uh, you need a raise. Yeah, I've never, I've never mentioned that before. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I, I always the the events is always what kind of amazed me. I think I told the story on here before. I was just sitting at a table and Steve Eiserman sat down next to me, and I'm just like, "What the hell? What are you, what are you doing here? Like, why are you sitting by me? I'm a nobody, you know." And it was just he was sitting down to like read a text message. And, and, you know, one time I was walking down the hallway and there's Brendan Shanahan grabbing bagels uh, uh, from a cart. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Like, I, these guys are just, 
you know, they're larger than life to me, but then they're, they're right here with me. So for you just being a fan and like, just kind of experiencing this tournament, what was the access like? Did you see a lot of, you know, kind of famous faces and, and people that, that kind of made you kind of step back and be like, Whoa, I, I can't believe I'm sitting right next to this guy. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think that's one of the real perks of going up there. You know, this has been my third time, so it's a little less shocking than it was the first time. But 100% you saw, you know, pretty much all sorts of of execs, um, team scouts, you know, that you recognize to varying degrees. Just from the Blues, uh, Al McKinnis was there, Keith Kachuk was there. Baruby and Armstrong were both there. Uh, Chris Thorburn uh, is apparently in, in a prospect development role with the team or a scouting role, and he was there as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Kyle Dubas was there for the Maple Leafs, and I'm sure all sorts of other GMs were there as well as, you know, top-level media people from The Athletic and, and folks you've recognized there. And it really is, it's just it's just a community ice center, you know, two rinks side by side, small arenas with bleachers on one side. Um, the arena where they played most of the games this year is, is pretty nice, you know, for, for a, that level of, of rink, but it's hardly um, an arena by any standard definition. And yeah, you just, you just walk through those people, you get concessions behind them. Doug Armstrong held the door for me one day. You know, it's very, it's very surreal. You kind of get used to it over the course of, of two or three days there. Um, but it's super bizarre and a lot of fun, you know, kind of a perfect hockey fan experience from that perspective. When Doug Armstrong held the door for you, uh, did he like did he kind of bow and just go, oh, two guys, up, please, first. <laughs> No, that was when he uh, bought me a beer earlier in the day. But no, uh, <laughs> um, that would have been so much fun. No, he's uh, but he's you know they're all pretty approachable. I I'm not the type uh, to go up to folks and and talk to them. Uh, but the guy who's out there with me is a, a lot more courageous than I, and uh, will you know just say you know just say hello and and maybe ask a quick question and they're they're all very approachable i think they kind of get that like you're there among the people and if it's a fan die hard enough to drive nine hours to come watch a hockey tournament in northern michigan you know saying hello isn't isn't that isn't putting them out that much so um it is quite a quite a roller coaster of all the folks you'll see there the funny thing though you mentioned steve eiserman <laughs> the red wings um have a private kind of box there since it is their tournament and their um you know fans in their area and steve is very hard to find he's there but he's usually inside the box and i imagine that would primarily because it would be a nightmare for stevie y to walk around uh, you know a hockey a group of hockey fans in, in northern michigan and try to get business done in the process i think that's probably his big struggle but um yeah it's it's a ton of fun to be out there yeah i would say like any former red wing players that are involved with the red wings that were there probably were the same way there's probably like a hidden yeah. tunnel and you know had a helicopter pad on the top of the <laughs> for sure some of the guys you know chris draper's a he's a little more visible and there are a few guys that uh, you can kind of see a little more, but they definitely had their room and kind of, it's actually sort of like a, a weird jury because they've got sort of a box that's kind of at a corner of the arena and they're all kind of crammed in there and it's like they're looking down on you. Um, but, you know, it's 
it is what it is. It's kind of cool. So I uh, want to get to a question here from Austin Lynch in the YouTube chat. Uh, how do you personally think Jake Neighbors played? Uh, I would say Neighbors was probably our second best player behind Perunovic. He looked really probably better than I would have expected. I think um, he's not a player I knew a ton about, certainly when he was drafted, and I knew he had a good year in the WHL. Uh, but he looked really poised and really, you know, another high IQ player. I know the boys love to draft those kinds of players, so it's no surprise. But had the physicality and the size, but didn't use it recklessly, which can't be said for a lot of the players we had out there this year. Um, and I think was a lot silkier than I expected, had some hands plays that I didn't really think he was capable of. So, um, you know, I, a JR, Jeremy Rutherford put out an article a week or two ago about how he would be fighting seriously for a roster spot. And I still think it's an extreme long shot. Um, but I understand it a little more having seen him, you know, up there because I think he, he looks a lot more mature than a 19 year old you would expect to look. Uh, so who didn't impress you? Was there anybody on the blues roster that you saw that, that kind of, you know, was like, Oh, this guy does not look ready for NHL minutes or even AHL minutes. Yeah. A couple of guys I would say um, really stood out on not, I don't want to say stood out, but definitely didn't have great tournaments um, would include uh, Nikita Alexandrov, the second round pick from 28, 2017, I guess after we, not 2017, 2019, after we won the cup. That's how years work. Um, he, I was told by Jim Thomas, not to drop a name, but Jim Thomas was up there. So uh, he was dealing with a groin issue. So I'm, I'm willing to write off some, uh, some of that on, uh, you know, that injury, but he did not look great. And then Alexei Toropchenko, who has looked really good in Traverse City in past years, um, I don't think had a particularly good tournament, but that's a little hard to tell, you know, if it's an injury or rust or whatever it might be. Um, he's obviously also kind of a low, later round pick and not necessarily someone that you're projecting to be a, a top NHL contributor, but um, didn't have the best, best time. And unfortunately, Zachary Bulldog, our most recent first round pick was injured shortly before the tournament and didn't get to play. So that was a shame to miss out on that. Oh, Kurt, you are spot on so far with your prediction on Bull Duke. <laughs> For those that missed it, early, earlier, it was actually, I think it was the show after they drafted him, that Kurt's uh, vast uh, knowledge of hockey said Zachary Bull Duke will never play in the NHL because of his name. I just don't see a player with that name playing for the Blues. <laughs> it just didn't, I, it, it I, doesn't I, jive with me. I don't know. It's just not doesn't work. I doesn't think work. that is because of the old Blues draft pick, Alexander Bulduk. But <laughs> who knows? It's It just doesn't sound like a name that would be on the back of a jersey. And I would, I would say, what a goal <laughs> by Bulduk. <laughs> it just doesn't flow. Yeah. Sure. So what about uh, what about your just your overall impression of of the Blues prospects in this tournament? Um, I think it was surprisingly positive. I guess the Blues had a kind of a half and half roster. There were a lot of invites and AHL guys that you don't really think of as prospects, and not having 
Uh, Bolduke there was, you know, a shame because he's definitely one of your kind of top five prospects that you would have been watching. Um, Perunovic obviously completely stole the show and was the real bright spot. But I think the whole team played really hard and played super aggressive, which has not necessarily been the case for Blues teams up there in the past. I think the Blues prospect pipeline right now is is pretty dry. Um, and apart from a couple of big names, um, you know, needs some needs some refreshment in a big way. If if we're worried about the future at all, which we don't super seem to be right now, but I would say it was a better showing than I expected. Um, heavily influenced by the fact that Scott Perunovich looked like a real potential star, um, rather than just you know a, a good solid defenseman. He looked really incredible. So that heavily skewing my uh, you know kind of. <coughs> take on the whole thing so i i have to ask um what about the goalies hofer or ellis who looked better uh they so all three they had cranley up there as well they all played one game cranley got lit up looked real bad but you know again it's one game and he's the youngest of the three i would say ellis had the better of the games between the two um he was kind of in that prime time spot against the red wings on saturday night um very tough crowd, very anti-Blues crowd, um, and he looked really strong. Hofer, though, didn't look bad, and he looked especially good in relief of um, Cranley the day that he got lit up. So I don't think either looked, you know, neither stole the show and neither looked terrible, but I think Ellis, I'd probably give the slight nod to as looking a little sharper overall. Um, so, uh, Scott, uh, we got a question from Ken Morris in the, uh, YouTube chat is Perunovic a better skater than Vince Dunn. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say, I would say he compares to Cairo in a lot of ways, just from what I've seen. Again, I'm not, not a skating expert. Uh, so, you know, you'd have to ask other sources to get the full opinion, but to me, he was very impressive and I would put him right up there with Vince Dunn as someone who loves Vince Dunn extremely a lot. Um, I think seeing Scott Perunovich in action made me understand our willingness to lose him a lot more, you know, cause they are cut from very similar costs and, it's hard to fit two of those guys into your six defensemen. So I definitely get it a little better now. <laughs> Chris Bray. <laughs> Did you go to the beach in Transverse City? Transverse? In Transylvania City. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, our, our hotel was right along the lake and actually just by blind chance happened to be the Blues team hotel. Um, so one morning we lo- we had a, you know, kind of a walkout room and one morning we walked out and they were doing uh, yoga on the beach as kind of their pregame warm up routine. So that was uh, fun to watch, see some of their Did you drills on the them? sand. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I just stood right by him and, <laughs> yeah. you know, made myself comfortable. Blend right uh, in. I, I figured that's why they chose that hotel was because we were there. But, uh, no, it's <laughs> it really – Perennial Blues podcast is staying here. We have to fucking stay here with them. <laughs> that's right. As far as I know, uh, Chevy Transverse City is not a sponsor of this podcast. But um, if they were uh, – I, no, I just – I love the city. And it's wonderful to visit just on its own, apart from the tournament. So it's kind of 
for me, it's that sort of perfect vacation because you get hockey, you have something to do. Um, but the city is great, great food and, and you know, a, a beautiful location. So uh, my, you know, strongest recommendations for people to check it out if they can. And it's it's pretty affordable, too, as as trips and especially hockey trips go. The actual hockey is very affordable. So that's a big plus. Um, I guess uh, we're gonna wrap up this segment and do our break here in a second. Uh, are you? Are we ready to select a comment of the show? I think we are. I think we're do we, agreement. And do we have, uh, do we have a second place uh, as well? Oh shit! Yeah, we do. Need a second place. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what what, what we can do? What we can do is what we can do is we can we can cut off the comments at the commercial break here, and then we can we'll announce it when we when we do have them. How's that? Sounds good to me. I mean, as far as like what's eligible for the yeah price. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Please keep <clears throat> commenting. We've got plenty of stuff to talk about here, folks. Man, right. it is late in the show, but we've got plenty to talk about. <laughs> keep commenting. But as far as the, uh, we are officially calling it closed uh, for the uh, for the Cardinal tickets giveaway. Okay. Um, and uh, on that note, we'll uh, hear from our friends over at ID Life. It's safe to say that the burn box from rockinthatidlife.com provides you with the sugar bustingest, muscle buildingest, mood enhancingest, focus inducingest, energy boostingest, experience. You not only get the excellent product, but you get recipes, menu options, a tracker, and program guide to assist you along your self betterment journey. Based on your goals, you can double up on Slim Plus or Energy, or you can get one of each with flavors such as mixed berry, tropical fruit, and orange. The Burn Box lets you enjoy the weight loss or muscle gain journey along the way. Become a VIP with RockinThatIDLife.com and place your Burn Box on subscription and you'll save 20%. And as always, text the roughest, toughest, he-man, stuffest hombre has ever crossed the Rio Grande. And our friend Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. And all you skunks, clear out of here. And go over to rockinthatidlife.com. Hey, Stephen. Uh, before we yeah. uh, continue on, uh, why don't we? Uh, why don't you guys? Why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where uh, folks can find uh, your show? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are the Two Guys One Cup podcast at Two Guys One Cup with letters um, on. Twitter and I think Instagram, although we don't keep that up as much as uh, we should, but um, you can find us on any of your podcasting apps, including recently Spotify. We added to the rotation, which should have been done months and years ago, which is just a mark of how unprofessional and uh, Bush League of podcasts we really are. But <laughs> uh, you can find us there. I also write over at the Hockey Writers if uh, people want to follow that, but we usually tweet those out through the Twitter account. So that's the best place to start for sure. Awesome. Do, uh, do we have the winners or are we going to wait on that? We have one winner. Uh, I need Bill and Kurt to weigh in a little bit on what uh, I said, but uh, I'm fine. Kurt with your response for number two, but as far as number one goes, um, Brandy Capone. Congratulations. No, it's not your comment about taking a podcaster. (laughs) 
to the game as much as I want that. Which to would be have been winning. awesome. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, uh, it's actually your comment about I may or may not have stolen a picture of Yingling out of a VFW in New York at a wedding. Um, we're all people who love beer. And we all love stupid stories. We're all stupid boys. And stealing. We're a big fan of stealing. We're a big fan of stealing. Grand larceny. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Uh, So you are the winner, Brandy. Um, I'm not sure what social media platforms you have. Hopefully you follow either Let's Go Blues Radio, myself, Kurt, or Bill. But go ahead and uh, reach out to one of us on social media if you can. If not, comment in the chat. We'll figure out another way for us to talk. But... I imagine social media is the way to go. Um, Congrats, so yeah, Brandy. congratulations, Brandy Camboni. Yeah. That's uh, mm. that's awesome. I'm sure she will enjoy it. She better. It'll be a great game. <laughs> I mean, like like somebody said, uh, that could be a game where they clinch a playoff spot. Yeah. So that'll be really awesome to see. Yeah, and I I would suggest that she just randomly walk up to somebody and tell them that story. As as you know, part of the deal <laughs> right. with getting the tickets, right? Just randomly yeah. walk up. I got hey. these tickets because I'm cool. Yeah. Hey, do you know I got these tickets because I, I I stole a picture of Yingling from a wedding in New York. <laughs> it paid off finally. <laughs> um. So, you know what? Um, I don't know if you guys just saw what I commented there, but I think our second winner, um. You make the call. Uh, guys, make the call, Jeff. You make the call. I, I'm, I'm going to make the call. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Kevin with Kevin Welch. Congratulations, Kevin Welch. Kirk gets the tickets for Hooded Sweaty. Kirk gets uh, the I tickets? Think Hooded Sweaty is now something that will be commented <laughs> with on this show from now on. Hooded Sweaty. So thank you for drawing attention to that. You win two Hall of Fame tickets. I don't think there's like a specific day or anything with those. I think it's just a matter of. You know, you, you get these tickets, you can go when at your earliest convenience. I don't know if you need to call ahead. We'll figure that out. But, again, social media, hopefully you follow myself, Let's Go Blues Radio, Kurt or Bill. Uh, reach out to one of us, uh, either on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, we will hook you up with those tickets. Uh, and, so, and, yeah, there again, is a – Brandy. I, I was going to say, there is a, a – a, time frame here time sensitive so uh, uh do get with us in a hurry um and i guess if if uh we don't hear from you in a certain amount of time we'll have to pick somebody else right so yeah um, brandy has already yeah. responded and said unfortunately fortunately not my wildest story <laughs> so <laughs> I, so she's listening i know she's there so yeah. again brandy get with us and then kevin welch as well uh and if we don't hear from kevin at least in the chat um, then uh, we will uh, we will pick somebody else by the end of the show who's still listening. But otherwise, uh, congratulations to Brandy especially, but also so, Kevin Well. And the deadline is the end of the show. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, uh, and and Brandy's already responded. Right, uh, I know for the for the run up. Re- yep. Yeah, just go ahead and reach out to us again. Any social media platform. We know Brandy's good. Kevin, we need to hear from you. Um, and again, if we don't hear from you by the end of the show, whoever's listening, you might still have a chance to win. All right. She's, uh, okay. Brandy's all in. Yeah. Brandy uh, says she's messaging now. (laughs) Um, okay. (laughs) So, um, with that said, uh, actual legit blues news, um, over an hour into the show. Hour and fifth hour and a half. Uh, we show. talk Trevor Trap. I, I mean, well, right, I know, but, but I mean, as far as like <laughs> active roster blues, 
<laughs> yeah, okay. Shut up. You know what I mean. I think we've Trav- wounded him. Tra- <laughs> you, Traverse? you have broken me. I am broken. <laughs> Transverse. Yeah. Transgender Transverse. city. Beep, beep, uh, boop. Uh, Robert Thomas finally signs a cap hit of $2.8 million per season. Uh, two-year contract. Uh, his, his actual money made uh, this season will be $2.4 million. Uh, next season, three point two. He's played in 169 career NHL games, 87 points, which is 22 goals, 65 assists. Uh, last season was a down year, 33 games, uh, 12 points, 3 goals, 9 assists, missed 23 games with an injury. Uh, this signing does put the Blues about $2 million over the salary cap. Right now, if my math is correct, and it's often wrong, so, uh, but that's uh, if it's wrong, let me know. Uh, when the season starts, Sunquist will be put on the LTIR, which will free up about 2.75 million, leaving the Blues with about 750,000 in cap space. When Sunquist comes off the LTIR, the Blues will need to make a move to free up about 2 million in cap space unless they have other guys injured or on the LTIR, which we saw quite a bit of last season. Um, so that just depends on where the Real Blues quick. are. Yes. Let me interrupt. I need to yes. ask you guys. Oscar Sundquist was uh, interviewed by the the Blues official Twitter, right? I didn't actually watch it. It seemed like it was more silly than anything. Was there actually a question about if he'll be able to start? No. You know, you know what the question was? You know what the question was? Did they went on social media? The Twitter post? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was is cereal a soup? And he said yep, no. That's what I figured. He said no, and that was it. <laughs> I figured it wasn't real, which is fine. I get that. But when it's a guy like Sunquist who's hurt, you think that question would still be put in just to appease fans. I know. I I was I was I when I saw the video of him, oh well, info one is but it's not like the blues official account to do that kind of a thing, really. Uh, right. with, with videos like breaking news with video players. You know what I mean? It's just not something they do. They kind of do press releases and uh, let uh, the journalists and stuff handle that kind of a thing. But well, um, I'll just say with 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 this. Oh, sorry, Kurt. If you have more to add? About no, good. Okay, good. Go uh, I was gonna say with this. Um, yeah, two million over the cap uh, right now, and that's if Sunquist plays in Game One, which he won't. I don't think he will. Um, we'll see more from the Blues, but that's not gonna happen. So the Blues have a little time to figure this out. Um, somebody's been correcting me on social media that they think it's more like 1.3 million is free with Sunquist. Which, if that's the case, then yes, they absolutely need to figure something out. Um, but I think um, something that that that's that's like you said, Kurt, with the injuries last year, I think that's kind of what Armstrong's expecting. That by the time Sunquist is ready. Who knows? There's going to be one or two and, guys injured that this cap, and you're allowed to go over the cap. Was it by seven point five per seven point five percent? So yeah, you, there's, there's a little that, bit of fluctuation there in case yeah, you have an issue like this, right? But that's due to performance uh, signing bonuses. So right. I'm not sure if the seven point five uh, going over is in is only if the performance bonus kicks in, which I'm guessing is the case. Like if the if the performance bonus, uh, uh, who was that for that uh, signed with the performance bonus Bozak. was uh, Bozak. Bozak. Yes, yes, yes. So if his uh, bonus does not kick in, then the Blues don't get that seven point five percent. So right. I think that's so that's that's. But it's that's it's the, what ten games, and he has another seven fifty k coming his way. Right. 
Yeah. So, so after 10, yeah, that will be it. And that'll be, and yeah, and Suncoast will come back after that. So, and I'm also one, yeah. So that's, that's a, that's a highly detailed issue. I'm not even sure if they break it down, if they're as, as ingrained, as granular as, um, if that money can only be applied to Bozak, you know, the, the 7.5%. Can I, I don't know how they could break it down that that granular and and make it that way, but uh, that's a that's a actually a fantastic question. If I do say so myself, um, can can the seven point five percent bonus, I guess you would say, on top of the salary cap, the the cushion, uh, be applied to somebody else if Bozak goes over his and gets his performance bonus? You know, can that be? And if and if he if he doesn't put us over. And someone else does when they come off LTIR. Can that seven point five percent be applied to the guy that came off LTIR? I don't. I have no idea about that. That's a question for a capologist. I, that's because good luck finding that question on, on Google. Because no way. <laughs> that's too. That's too detailed. I think. But um, so. Um, what What do you guys think of the actual uh, what What Thomas is getting? I. I said uh, I thought it would be between 2 and 2.5, judging by since the Stanley Cup year. I don't think he's been exactly what we expected. I, I think there's still a lot of room for growth. He's still a young man, so I don't, I'm don't. i not sitting here and saying anything about him being a bust or anything crazy like that. I think there's this could be a breakout year for him. I thought last year would be, but with the injuries, maybe this year. Um, it's a little more than I was expecting with 2.8 being the uh the cap hit um i uh yeah i i think that um you know what this is uh it's it's a it's a fair signing for him especially if he steps up i thought what do you guys think? well personally i thought that th- this is kind of what i thought thomas was going to get uh back when you know back when both kairu and thomas were both rfas but when kairu signed for what he did I thought, ooh, that's that's interesting. I thought Kairu would have made less than Thomas, just the, the experience level. Even though Kairu had a better year last year by far, you know, Thomas has a lot more experience. He won a cup here. Um, I, you know, injury issues last season uh, held him back. Uh, even though he didn't look great when he was healthy, um, if he was 100 percent healthy, but I, I, I expected Thomas to kind of get more in this area here and Kairu to get less. But when I saw Kyrie sign for what uh, he did, and I thought, "Oh man, uh, Tom, this is going to be issue, an issue with, with the cap," and it kind of was. But uh, I, I this deal for Thomas, I think, is fine. Um, I but uh, I think Kyrie was actually a little overpaid, but maybe that's just me. Yeah, I I thought it was interesting, you know, just been trying to to divine something out of the fact that they got the same money, right? You know, we were. Definitely never thought that uh, Thomas would get less than uh, than Kyrie did, um, and you know, the fact that they got the, the same money, um, you know, it, it almost feels like, you know, that they've been the two guys that have been the the hope of the franchise at least from a prospect um, perspective. Uh, sorry for the alliteration, but they've been those two guys that you know we've all been wanting to see you know develop and, and become you know, the, the next great offensive players on this team. Um, and to see them both get the same money, you know, it, it feels like we're still very much in that, um, you know, it, still 
waiting for them to realize their potential. And I think that's what these, you know, the contracts that they were given um, allows them to do. Um, you know, I, I think they can both take uh, take these contracts and, um, you know, either use it as a jumping board um, and probably, you know, you know, depending on how the other contracts, uh, you know, that play out and whether or not Tarasenko's winds up here long term, um, you know, maybe one of these guys isn't here after a year or two. Um, but I like it. I, I, you know, I'm certainly glad that it's done. You know, there's nothing hanging over anybody's head as we get into camp. But um, I, I, I really do like that. You know, both these guys are are gonna get the same. Um, I don't know. That, that's my thought. Your thoughts, Stephen, on uh, on the Thomas signing. Yeah, I think I kind of echo what you said. I'm surprised that he's not making a little more than Cairo, but I think once that Cairo number came in, it probably fell to his camp to say, well, we need to make at least that much. Um, I'm sure that did come up in negotiation, and now they end up being identical. I'm not too worried about the cap hit because I don't think there's ever been an NHL team that just said, you know, oh, crap, we forgot to be cap compliant by the start of the season. You know, they'll figure out some way to maneuver around it. Um, I think it for both of them, it's probably a little bit of a premium for two years um, based on what they have given, but there's the potential for it to be a total steal, you know, for these two years that they both have kind of breakout seasons. Um, and I think it's just all the more kind of emphasis placed on that two-year window that, um, you know, is, is kind of openly discussed out there, whether it's Tom Stillman talking about that, Doug Armstrong's contract, Ryan O'Reilly's contract. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of focus right there. And I think these two guys and their two-year contracts are just more reinforcement for that idea. And we'll see. Um, where am I at here? Um, uh, the, the blues signed, uh, veterans, James Neal and Michael Froelich to professional tryouts. Um, I, you know, I'm all for giving veteran guys, uh, a look. The blues have done this before. Teams do this. Um, signing some depth, um, if they need to, or if a, if a guy gets hurt in camp, they can, they can, uh, sign a veteran player. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't see Froelich making the team over Neil, but personally, I think Neil's a, a better option uh, than Froelich um, if they are going to sign one of them. Uh, but I'd imagine that if everybody in the camp stays healthy and performs as expected, uh, these guys uh, will be released from their their tryout contract at some point uh, late in yeah, I, camp. I I view this as uh, Ryan Whitney and and Paul Bissonette. Um, not because they're hosts of a podcast together, but because they were blues tryouts back in the day. They signed a similar deal, PTO, uh, come skate with us. And the reason, I don't, uh, Bissonette, I'm not sure. I'm sure there was some reasoning behind that. But with Ryan Whitney, it was because Alex Petrangelo was still unsigned going into training camp. And um, they wanted somebody to take the line rushes that uh, they know a veteran guy can and do those uh, on a top line kind of uh, pairing. And that's how I view Neil and Froelich. I think Neil and Froelich were both signed because it was, well, Robert Thomas is still unsigned, which at the time he was, 
and Oscar Sundquist is hurt. So let's bring these two veterans in who can step in their roles and do these two things that they can do. Um, not that they're any kind of similar type player, but again, they're veterans. They've been through this before. Plus, you know, I don't know if there's any ties with anybody in the organization with Ruby, any of the coaches, Armstrong. You know, I know there's a lot of Dallas connections with James Neal, but, you know, might be throwing a bone a slight bit to be like, hey, come to camp. If you perform well, we'll have you in preseason. Maybe somebody else will sign you. I'm going to go ahead and make the claim right now. I believe 100% neither of these guys will be on the Blues roster come opening night. I think it's just a matter of we got to get these guys in camp to fill in for the veteran guys that, that we plan to have here. But there's a signing issue and there's an injury issue. Yeah, it's, you know, Armstrong's always had, you know, these PTOs. It, you know, it, it's it's a very low-risk thing to do. Um, I think, what, at one, at one point, didn't we have Patrick O'Sullivan here on a PTO? Um, he does it a lot. Um, and, you know, I, my thought, you know, you, you brought up the, the potential connection with Dallas with James Neal. Um, I thought maybe Chirelli and, and Edmonton. Um, you know, Neil had a couple seasons there. Um, and then for Leak, um, possibly, um, you know, the connection there might be Brandon Sott because, you know, they had some time together in Chicago. Um, but I, I don't expect either of these guys um, to wind up playing. I think Neil can still probably get a contract. Um, but, you know, for Leak, um, you know, was, was spare parts on the Habs last year. Um, and you know, they, they're when, uh, Jerome, uh, stepped away from the game, um, you know, he thought that Frolik would possibly get a chance and he, you know, he didn't, he didn't address a single playoff game. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's just, you know, a low risk, uh, bring veterans into camp to, you know, to help, uh, you know, give them a shot and uh, help mentor some players for just a little bit, and maybe they find some magic. If not, no big deal. Have a nice life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I would I'd try out to try out, and a little too much gets made of them. Um, James Neal definitely interests me more. I mean, I think at 900K versus 5.7 million. Uh, he might be a player that still has something to offer, but I ultimately agree with Jeff. It's going to be really, really hard for either of them to make the roster. And if they do, it's probably because they showed something really impressive in camp and, you know, sort of the old-fashioned Brian Elliott way, earned a spot, and maybe they offer something to the bottom six and, you know, some veteran presence and all that good stuff. And, you know, that's all well and good, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, Hitchcock rejoining the blues. I'm sure we're going to have a nice spirited conversation about that. And, uh, the I blues... can't wait. I want, I want to hear from Bill. I, that's all I want. <laughs> I want to hear from Bill that entire segment. And, but first, uh, we're going to hear from our friends at uh, center ice brewery. Center Ice Brewery is St. Louis's only hockey-themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey-inspired beers, such as Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout. 
their lime sherbet sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game, or any game. Visit centereyesbrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. Please drink responsibly. So, so speaking of Center Ice Brewery, did ah. you see? Did you see? They tweeted out there is shuttle service this year. Yes, which they have a oh, new yeah. shuttle service. Yeah. So that's that's fantastic because that honestly, in my opinion, is the best way to go about going to a Blues game. You go to Center Ice prior to the game, pre-game at Center Ice, right? Have a beer or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, sign up for the shuttle. You gotta you gotta you know you go there. They they ask you to buy a beer. Um, hang out for a bit, and then uh, sign up for the, the shuttle. Get on the shuttle. It leaves at numerous times, right? To go to the to go to Enterprise. Get on the shuttle. Enjoy the game. Get on the shuttle after the game. Come back to Center Ice. Have a beer or whatever, and then uh, and then head on home. So that's well, uh, that's and it's and free parking. Well, let's add that we don't know if that's still going to be the case. You get one beer and you get the. Uh, the that's the, the way pass. they. That's the way they did it last. I would imagine time. that's still yeah. what they're going to do. When I want to put words in their mouth, but yeah, that right. is what it was with the Stanley Shuttle. It was right. you get one beer, you get a ticket right. to to ride the uh, and the shuttle down to the game, which is yeah, amazing. And that may have been a uh, just a center ice thing. So here we're giving you the shuttle if you want to, you know, <laughs> sign up for a beer and and do that. I, I assume I'm not sure if that was a. Stanley shuttle or a center ice thing, but uh, I would assume it's the same, but yeah, if it's not, uh, maybe it's not, but it should I'm sure be. it'll be something similar. If yeah. not. Yeah. It, yeah. W- it's, it's great news. I was, I was heartbroken when I, I saw the Stanley shuttle parked in a driveway in my neighborhood. Yeah. Why is this here? And then two weeks later, the logo was off the side and yep. they announced it. Um, but uh, no, uh, Adam put us down, put me, Jeff, Kurt, and uh, our ladies down for um, for the January 17th game. We will be there pre-gaming all afternoon. It's Martin Luther King Day. It's the prime of retirement jersey ceremony night. Yeah, Put us on the list right now. Awesome. I am. I. I. I'm going to go ahead and call right now that uh, I will probably be very drunk that night because <laughs> there will be a lot of drinking that day. <laughs> what day of the week is that? It's a Monday. It's a Monday. Okay. Good. Martin Luther King. Oh, yeah, right. That was said. That was stated completely. That was from my head. Yeah. Bill's got that. <clears throat> he knows what's up. By the mm. way, Bill, I have to say. Uh, I did not realize, and and it's 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 not that I'm like dumb and don't understand the landscape of St. Louis, but like I, Are we sure? I it wasn't until I until I saw it how close the soccer stadium is to center ice. How amazing oh, yeah. is that? Yeah. Oh yeah, and, that's cool. And if I ever go back to the office, my office is right in between there. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna say that, but but yeah, that's so, kind of what I meant. Uh, if, you, you know, I know that, you're like in yeah. walking distance of both those things. If now. the yeah, it's I yeah. When I drove by um, a few weeks ago, actually, I I went from Four Hands up to Center Ice, and I drove up Market Street for the first time in like a year and a half, and drove by the South Stand of the Soccer Stadium, and oh man, I got chills. Oh, my. 
this is this is gonna be we're gonna amazing. have some fun nights yep <laughs> all right so ken hitchcock rejoins the blues as a coaching consultant um that could mean I mean, well it could mean any number of things but it, Ken Hitchcock has kind of had this role already for the past couple seasons, uh, at least. Um, he's been consulting with the Blues, uh, with the coaching staff. So uh, this is this is uh, more or less just an official title and slapping a title on what he has, and I assume getting some kind of a paycheck for it. Um, that kind of stuff isn't really released, is it? What they what they make. But uh, JR has reported that uh, Hitchcock has essentially already been doing this job since 2019. So um, I, he's no threat well, to Bruby's job. He's uh, Hitch's coaching days are over. Bullshit. <laughs> you think um, so? All right, go, Bill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I. I mean, I. I will share. Um, I'll. I'll share what. What I. Uh, what I put in our uh, group chat uh, earlier today, which was my gut reaction. Literally finding out from our group chat that he was back. Um, so let me, let me scroll to it here and real some, quick. Some background for maybe new listeners and, and Steven especially too. Uh, Bill was the biggest hypocrite of not hypocrite. Hip- wow. <laughs> not I was like, wow, where are we going with this? Know, did you guys know that I have an English degree? That's, hypocrite that's city, that's uh, Michigan. Well, no, uh, he was the biggest critic of Ken Hitchcock. He in really, his tenure here, yeah. not well, a fan, not yeah. a fan ever, and was calling for his firing way before it happened. So, sorry. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah. All right. So the play-by-play from from our uh, group chat today, uh, Kurt Price, three thirty-two p.m. and Hitch is back with the Blues. Sheesh. News is dropping today. B three forty-four p.m. Fucking Hitch is back. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, 3.45 p.m. as a coaching consultant. So that could mean anything. At least their chip was dropped off the face of the earth. At least, what did, you say? What did I say? Uh, at least Darren Kimball has oh. dropped off the face of the earth. So, <laughs> that, although, that was what the you still go. You can still go to yeah. DarrenKimball.com and that'll take you to Let's Go Blues Radio. <laughs> True story. That's that's um, funny. That that was after the so, that was referring to the Jamie Rivers news though that he's going right. to be filling in for Pang right, when Pang's right. doing national stuff. Yeah, <laughs> have to get the have to get the full context here. Right, right, right. Um, right. But yeah, so so this is this was my gut reaction to Hitch coming back. So if this team starts like shit, that fucker will take over. I fucking hate it. He left. We won. Go enjoy retirement. <laughs> but as I've as I've had time to reflect on it and reading JR's article about him basically already being in it, I've I've had time to reflect and realize that yeah, Hitch was always going to be the guy that was going to replace Baruby because you know that's just what Armstrong does. He, you know, he he tried to set something up with Yo and it failed. And, uh, you know, Baruby was the next guy in line. And, you know, um, I don't think anybody's clamoring for Mike Van Ryan to take over at this point. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, it's, I, I'll, 
you know, I, I like him being there, but uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I think as long as Hitch is still walking the earth, he's got a chance of coaching this team. Uh, <laughs> as long as Hitch is walking the earth and Armstrong is, you know, in at least a, you know, executive capacity with the Blues, uh, Hitch has a very good chance of uh, taking the reins of this team yet again. Um, so please, please don't start the season poorly. Uh, that's that's what I'm begging, because um, yeah, I I can't do uh, another another round. I know I know Lou. We had Lou on a couple of weeks ago, and he absolutely loved. You know, ha- has you know, Hitch was great with the media guys. You oh know, no, no, no. Like the, the story. No, let me interrupt. Let me interrupt real quick. Yeah, go ahead. We loved Hitch because he was great with the media. But there was right. plenty of questions on whether he could coach an NHL team in the, the 2000s. That wasn't the issue. Yeah. It was. It was. We loved him because right. he would talk to us and give us honest answers. That's the only reason Lou and me and Jeremy and all those guys love him. Were you right. in the and media, Jeff? <laughs> I was. Actually, yeah, I was in the media before. Yeah. Wait. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Never told us that before. You need a raise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from zero to what fifty cents a show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can be chief operating officer. Yeah, COO. Oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, can or I be CIO? CMO? CIO? What's a CMO? CMO. Chief uh, Munchies officer. officer. Chief information marketing. officer. You know what? No. Give me chief Munchie officer. Munchies officer. I would much prefer that. <laughs> Chief Chief Information Officer sounds more like a title for a former uh, uh, media member. There you yeah. go. All right, I'll be the CIO. Yeah, CIO. Like it's too itechy, like I I T E, but I T E. Yeah, yeah. I have to. Well, anyway. I have to say, I um, I can completely agree with a lot of what Bill's saying here. I uh, I don't believe for one second. <laughs> that there is no path for Ken Hitchcock to coach the Blues this season. I think that's completely nonsense. I tweeted earlier, if you gave me plus 2,000 on uh, Ken Hitchcock being a head coach of the Blues this season, I'd put $100 down and just see how it went. I think it's a long shot, um, but I, I, I mean, how we know this organization well enough. We know that if Ken, Craig Berube in the last year of his contract starts out rough, and there's already a Hall of Fame coach in the building. We know Doug that we know Doug Armstrong loves. I mean, I can't I can't sit here and pretend that that's impossible, or that Steve Ott would get the chance before Ken Hitchcock. I think I think I think Kurt and I are on the opposite side of the fence here. Not just because we're on the opposite am side I, of the screen here. Am I by myself <laughs> on this issue? No, no, no. I think me and you are in agreement. I, oh, okay. Right. If I'm wrong, but I'm saying that I think me and you agree here that um, before 2019, and again, if anybody listens has listened to this show for longer than a couple of years, I was the world's biggest critic on Doug Armstrong. I wanted him fired. I wanted him gone for multiple years before 2019. Then the O'Reilly trade happened. The Shen trade happened. Um, and then everything since then. And, and I have agreed with many moves he's made since then. So I look at it now and I say, there is no fucking way he goes back to, to, to letting Ken Hitchcock coach, coach this team, even if the Blues go 0-20 to start the year. I think he, hands, he has 
to have a hand over the reins to either Mike Van Ryn or Steve Ott or whoever, and then, you know, maybe hire someone midseason who's not already with the organization. I just don't see him making that call at this point and saying, oh, well, Ken Hitchcock's already here. Let's go ahead and bring him back in. It didn't work the first time. I mean, he, he got them over the hump in terms of the Davis Payne era and the, the Andy Murray era, but he didn't get them to the next, the very next level, which is where the team needed to be. And he can't make that mistake. He can't do it. I mean, there's just no way. And if he does, I'm going to tell you, I am right back on the, okay, now he has to be fired, Tom Stillman. What are you doing? Fire your GM because that is a terrible call. I just don't see that happening at this point. I think the only the only way I think that Hitchcock coaches his team is if it's if um, for some reason they don't think Ott or Van Ryn is is capable or ready to coach an NHL team, uh, and after the Blues would get off to a poor start, say the first fifteen games or so, they're horrible um, with a fairly healthy roster. Uh, and I could see maybe Hitchcock sitting in for a half a dozen games until they got somebody to replace him, like a coach, just just a temporary fill-in kind of a thing. That that's that's the only scenario in which I think he coaches this team as a temporary, completely temporary basis, just until somebody gets in the house. But I mean, as, what if what if they, they go in five and zero under caretaker Hitch? manager? What's that caretaker yeah. manager? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As they say in soccer, caretaker manager. I th- but what if, if what if what if he goes? What if uh, under Hitch they go five and zero? No, you I don't, still agree. I don't think. I think the the I I I agree with Jr. Before Jr. put it out there, and then when he put it out there, I'm like, yeah, I agree with that completely. Is the the ship has sailed with Hitch as far as coaching an NHL team for any length of time? I mean, maybe like in the short term, like I said, just as a fill in until a stopgap until they can get somebody else in there. But I I don't see him coaching this team long term at all. I just don't see it. I agree. The time. I actually agree. Jimmy Roberts holding over between Keenan and Quenville, right? That that's the role. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe. Know, Not that I want that. That that's like worst case scenario for this team, right? right? We mm. we absolutely do not want Hitchcock to have to coach this team for a couple weeks. That's that'd be awful. Right. Right. In in I don't know. Maybe maybe you know you try to paint some kind of silver lining with, um, you know, Chirelli has you know has been through many head coaches and you know in his career as a GM and maybe that's that would help. Um, you know, identify talent outside the organization that they might be able to bring in. But uh, um, I don't know. I it just it just makes me very uncomfortable um, with him having you know. Yeah, a more official role with the team again. I will say, yeah, in the, in the cons- game, I, go ahead. Go ahead, Stephen. No, no, no. No, I was just going to say, cons- <laughs> conspiracy theories aside, I don't mind the move that much uh, on its own. I'm, I'm a pretty harsh critic of uh, Barubi myself, and not the biggest believer in his coaching abilities or style. Now, I don't think Hitchcock is going to be the person that comes in and changes the things about Barubi's style that I don't like. I think they line up pretty closely with the things about Ken Hitchcock's style that I don't like. Um, but in an advisory role, 
he's not going to be interacting with the players, which is Ken Hitchcock's by far his biggest weakness is how he grates on the players. And um, I don't necessarily mind having, uh, you know, Baruby have that official person to look up to and communicate with. It just is the most Doug Armstrong thing to ever happen to find a role for Ken Hitchcock in the Blues organization in, in 2021. So and let, I can't and let, ignore the humor there. And let's reiterate too, that Hitchcock has been doing this job for mm-hmm. at least a couple of years. So this is just a, a, an officialness to it, giving him a title, right. official title. So he's been there, but I th- and that's interesting because, you know, maybe he thinks, I, 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 you know, GMs have to think a few steps ahead, right? So, um, and, and to, to to counter my earlier point, I guess, with <laughs> to say, okay, well, if Hitch is going to possibly take over, should this this team get off to a bad start, um, he should it'd be better in public and PR wise to already have him have a position officially within the organization and then just have him transition to head coach mm-hmm. for a short period of time. You know what I mean? So yeah, does, I can, <laughs> I can see that happening. It does feel reminiscent of a coach and waiting situation. Yeah. Not that we would ever do that again. Also yeah. not to inspire horror anymore in anyone, but Ken Hitchcock currently sitting on 849 career <laughs> wins. So if you're looking for an excuse, as a uh, head coach to get that 850, I think, that game. nice round number. Yeah, exactly. One game, boys. That's all we need. <laughs> At the very least, if things go south for the Blues, there'll be a lot of speculation to talk about anyway, right, as far as Absolutely. coaching goes. My God. We needed some controversy to get us through the season, and just, here it is. Just, so. just one more thing. I mean, if if, <laughs> well, if if what's going wrong with the Blues, if they do go to a bad start, um, speculating as to why and who's performing poorly and what needs to be done, and if Bruby's job's in jeopardy, and then all of a sudden there's hitch in the shadows, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun to see Twitter evenly divided between blaming Hitch for the failures from his current position and begging for Hitch to be hired as the oh, new my gosh. Um, boys You Bruby. say Hitch waiting in, the, waiting in the shadows. I think of the actual, like, Hitchcock silhouette. Yeah, the the, the <laughs> yeah movies. rear window, yeah. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, that might uh, have to be there's... the grand movie for this show. Same right. same I same silhouette outline, right? right. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I I think you should do uh, it. do it, Kurt, and, and get it? the hitch with the fedora from the Winter Classic. <laughs> You're that's, right. That's gotta the be fedora it. outline, yeah, yeah. The the profile, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and and, <laughs> and you got to have the music whenever you open the show. Oh. That needs to be done. Like, and have the have the little have him walking into the what's his title officially? I, I had down here. What is it? Coaching uh, consultant. Coaching consultant. Yeah, just have a coaching coach consultant little flag, and then have him come, just walk <laughs> into it. <laughs> uh, st- somebody, somebody over at two guys one cup. I don't know if it's who who takes who did your logo because that I, I've always thought that was a sharp logo. That uh, logo is actually Ian's dad's work. Ian's okay. dad is a professional graphic de- designer and there you go. was very kind to do those for us. That was one uh, of the things. So would he be interested in coaching the Blues? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he might. I'm sure he'd be interested. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's been great on this. I love him. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're not a, you're not a good podcast unless you got a good logo, <laughs> and you guys got We're a good not logo. A good podcast. Regardless, you but guys do have a good logo. You guys got a good logo, so they're, they're, you're, you guys you're have a halfway much there. Better logo. You guys have a much better logo than we do. 
Well, I designed our logo, so that's, wow. that's <laughs> growing some smoke I'm gonna, there. I'm gonna, I, I do, I do enjoy the logo quite a bit. It's it's quite good. It's quite good. I just hate well, Let's you. Go Blues Radio. I will pass well, along the kind words. Well, because I mean, I'm a graphic designer too, and I, I so I appreciate the the the. I can tell, you know, it's it's professionally done, so it's very nice. Is that what you appreciate? Is that what you appreciate? That's what I. That's what I appreciate about them. Yeah, among other things, but right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I mean, I've always said, you know, designing logos for businesses and things, you know, if you've got, if you're a business and you've got a junky my MS Paint logo, you know, people aren't, aren't going to take it serious. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, that's just, it's honest. You, you need a, a, a good looking logo. use paint? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyone? Yeah. jeez. Oh, I mean, that, that comes with free every, of windows. Everyone uses it. I was going to say, every now and then I'll use it for like a screenshot just because it's, you know, easier than just doing it in Photoshop. But hell no, hell no. Wow, you'd be surprised. I mean, I mean, working in IT, you deal with a lot of people that just you. It shocks you of the level of of of, of technology knowledge that they have. It's just, it's just shocking. It's how do you get through life? I mean, you you know, turning on a computer is a hassle. It's like what? That's all. That's everything. It's everywhere now. Okay, that's got to be hard life for people <laughs> that can't do tech. Whew, it's everywhere. Uh. Ken Morris uh, in the YouTube chat says, "Good night, guys. It's near 1:30 a.m. in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Off to bed." Um, oh, Ken, night, thanks Ken. for listening. We Sweet dreams. That. Good night to you. Go, Sweet yep. dreams, Ken. Go, Morrishead. So, another YouTube <laughs> chat yes. comment that, that that will get us to our next topic. I don't want Army fired now since we have Chirelli sitting next to him. <laughs> yeah, and that'll, this this yeah. is the one I could go. Uh, nuclear on for a while i feel like this is it. yeah and so let's go right into it um the blues name peter trelli uh vice president of hockey operations so dave taylor who previously served as the team's vice president of hockey operations will assume the role of senior advisor to hockey operations trelli was formerly the formerly the gm of the bruins and uh from 06 to, to 15 and the oilers uh, after that where he spent almost uh, four years before before being fired uh, he took the Bruins to the Cup in 2011, but uh, crashed and burned as Edmonton's GM, uh, making a lot of questionable moves and signings. Edmonton fans generally hate him. And this is from Daniel Nugent Bowman, which, what is it with people in Edmonton having Nugent as a middle name? <laughs> Nugent. I uh, noticed that. Uh, <laughs> well, well let, me just, let me just add real quick with this. Uh, he was the one that signed Miko Koskinen to his carton contract. And then fired one him day the day before. before he was fired. Yeah, that was so <laughs> yeah. weird. Um, but yeah. awful, so, awful content. Yeah, just real quick. Um, you know, we've we've mentioned his tweets on the show before, but Kyle Foxton has a great rundown. Traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Traded Tyler Sagan for nothing. Yeah. Trading Jordan Everly for Ryan Strom. Then traded Strom for Ryan Spooner. Traded the Barzal pack, pick for Griffin Reinhardt. Signed Miko Koskinen for a bazillion dollars. But yeah, welcome to St. Louis, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so Daniel Nugent Bowman, the Oilers reporter, explains why he's he crashed and burned in, in Edmonton. And so I, <clears throat> I quote, he was brought on board right before the McDavid draft. He quickly tried to expedite the rebuild by making short-sighted moves. He tended to value big, not sexy, players over skill. He handed out long-term deals to players who didn't want them. 
I didn't warrant them. <laughs> uh, the three-year extension given to Miko Koskinen the day before he was fired remains a perplexing move the Oilers are still paying for. Aside from the Leon Dreisaitl contract, which looks m- much better now than it did at the time, Chiarelli's tenure in Edmonton was disastrous. So not exactly a ring endorsement. Um, but keep in mind, he's not the GM here. So at least there's that. Um, the way that I look at this is I say, well, he's, he's a veteran GM. He's been here a while, and granted, he's been here about as long as Armstrong in terms of the NHL, not the Blues. Um, so I'm sure there's plenty of insight he can add. Uh, but in terms of managing the roster, uh, signing players to contracts, being cap compliant, I trust him as much as I trust Stephen Ground to 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 manage the the St. Louis Blues. No offense. I Stephen. take that as a personal insult. <laughs> wow, you could have picked anyone, and you choose our guest. What the hell? No offense, Stephen, but you've never worked in the NHL before. So, yeah. oh, as long as it's preceded by as long as it's preceded by no offense, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. That's how it works. I see. Well, no yeah. offense, Jeff, but no, 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 no. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, let me let me walk that back. I would actually trust Stephen Ground over that because he at least <laughs> has some passion for the Blues team, whereas Peter Chiarelli is, oh well, you know, this guy uh, signed Miko Koskinen again to a terrible contract. Um, if he's just advising and it's just, I want to run this by you, Peter. What do you think? You've been to a Stanley Cup final. You've done this, you've done that, you've, you know, granted, bad moves here and there. He's still a former NHL GM. As long as it's not, Peter, tell me what to do. I'm okay with him being with the organization. He's already been here a while. Um, it's just a matter of the, the optics of it do not look good for Blues fans. Well, Okay, so we got the following info from a 2020 article in the Ottawa Sun where Torelli was interviewed. And this is after he was fired from, uh, after being fired in Edmonton in January of 2019, Torelli was offered a scouting gig, senior advisor to the St. Louis Blues general manager, Doug Armstrong, in September of 2019. So after uh, the cup win, uh, which he accepted. And so a lot of people, I think, didn't understand and realize that he had been with the team for a couple of years now. Um, doing, you know, in an in a, in a, in a advanced scout kind of a role. Uh, so Charlie has not only been watching talent at every level of hockey since he took on his role with the Blues, he's also been playing the role of mentor in the club's scouting operation. So, and also to add to this, you know, Armstrong having Team Canada duties this season uh, will be taking up some of his time too. So that helps to explain why maybe they're bringing, giving him a, an expanded role uh this season to help out in that regard with stuff. So and that's understandable, but um my god, um the yeah. boys club, the the boys, the the good old boys of the NHL, that is the thing that speaks to me about this. I can't stand it. It's just I'm going to play devil's well, advocate. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh they're promoting from within. 
What do you think about that? But they are hiring from the outside to be able to promote from within. That was two years ago. Yes. That, that's, that's irrelevant. That was two years ago. <laughs> no, it's yeah. uh, so I, I'm fine with them bringing in some other faces, but just because this guy was, an, and I know it's kind of going against what I just said, but just because this guy was an HL GM, you're, you're just going to, okay, yeah, he knows what he's doing. It's just. It's such a good old boys club, and it just drives is. me nuts. It is, and I, yeah, and I think Brian Roberts in the YouTube chat has a has an interesting, timely point for this discussion. Only forty people in NHL circles can be GM, and thirty-two of them already have jobs. <laughs> he, you know, he that, had he had that a lo- sums up the old boys network, and, and it, it is. But I think. You know, he, if you look back in his Boston days, and I'm not trying to, I'm just throwing stuff against the wall. So he had a lot of success in Boston. Went to the, was it playoffs seven times during his tenure there? Uh, went to and won a cup. Um, he had a five year, four year plan, five year plan, whatever it was called. Uh, and he won the cup in the last year of his four or five year plan, which was kind of like, wow, he got it done in what he said he was going to do. So, you know, I mean, his success in Boston and then Edmonton takes him and, um, he, he shits the bed in Edmonton. But devil's advocate, uh, again, I'm, I'm skeptical of this trolley signing. I'm just throwing this out there for discussion, right? So, um, who has success in Edmonton? Nobody. Granted, yeah. granted his moves were, were severely questionable. Um, they're personnel moves. So it's not like it's on ice stuff that he's managing. So, um, I guess maybe maybe uh, you could take his time in Edmonton if you wanted to, if you're optimistic about this, to say, you know what, Edmonton's a place where people go to just not have success. Um, you look back at his time in Boston where he did have success, um, and maybe that's – and he did say that he stepped back from uh, GM-type duties after being fired. Um, took on the role of the Blues, has enjoyed that 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 separation from GM stuff, um, and has learned a lot. So there is that aspect to it too. Possibly, maybe he's learned from his mistakes in Edmonton. Just possible. I think his success in in Boston had a lot to do with being handed Tuka Rask for Andrew Raycroft and being handed um, two first-round picks that became Dougie Hamilton and Tyler Sagan for Phil Castle, both from the Toronto Maple Leafs, so I'm sure they're huge fans of Shirelli. But um, I just feel like, on you know, I kind of hear your devil's advocate ar- ab- argument, Kurt, and say, who cares that much? It's an assistant GM position, whatever, whatever the official title is. Yeah. Doug Armstrong still in control. You know, maybe, maybe Peter Torelli really is an expert at something, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's great at building a scouting department or something and kind of fills that void that Bill Armstrong left. If we just don't know, we don't see that behind the scenes, but to go with um, Jeff's point, just the, the endless amount of rope this league has for people who have clearly failed at their jobs yeah. in, in other situations and other circumstances, their total preference for people who have done the job poorly before than people who have never done the job at all is just endlessly baffling to me. And the idea that 
if, you know, God forbid Doug Armstrong got hit by a bus or something, Peter Torelli is the most logical front runner for the Blues uh, general manager job. That terrifies me to my very core, especially with, you know, Doug Armstrong just has a year and a team option left on his contract right now. So we're not far away from that decision having to be, uh, an option, and when owners have to look for new GMs, they love hiring guys they know and that they're familiar with. And if Peter Shirelli has been there and not been making terrible mistakes because he doesn't have the reins, and Doug Armstrong decides it's time for a new challenge or time for retirement, and you know, similar situation to what we just talked about. Oh, look, here's a cup-winning GM in our organization that we can just oopsie daisy put in the GM role. That's what terrifies me about this, but maybe that's a little, you know, tinfoil hat and, and too much into the future and analyzing it as its own thing. It's not the end of the world, but I do hate the, the old boys club for sure. What I think, I think uh, that a lot of what you said applies, unfortunately applies to all sports. You know, it's baseball, True. it's football, it's, it's, it's every sport, uh, you know, managers get your, your managers are in every sport are hired to be fired. You know, it's a very limited tenure for, for managers typically in sports and they'll go somewhere else and get hired somewhere else. If they lose somewhere, they'll go somewhere else. Um, and it's, you know, I get that there are a limited number of people that can do the job effectively, at least known, known people that, you know, you could hire unknowns or people that have been doing it, you know, in, in lesser leagues and stuff and take a chance on people. And, and, uh, that's, probably what should be explored more. You get some in-depth uh, 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 analytics on some of these coaches that are playing, that are coaching in lesser leagues. Hey, this guy can really coach, you know, let's move him up, um, which I'm sure happens to some degree, but probably not enough. Um, I think uh, a lot of people were looking at uh, Dave Lowry as being a possible NHL coach for a while. Cause he's uh, worked his way up. Um, Jeff Brown's a guy who was uh, uh, coaching, is still coaching locally, right, Jeff? Jeff Brown is friend of the uh, show. No, not, uh, friend of the show, Jeff Brown. He was, he was, he was, but I think he's coaching up in Canada now. Okay, all right. So he's, I mean, no, it's probably local guys. You know, you could, but I mean, you know, it, that's that's any sport. It's just, uh, it's it's a weird recycling of uh, coaches who have uh, failed elsewhere. I guess the Cardinals kind of bucked that trend where they they hired Schilt, who hadn't coached in the majors before. But yeah. Um, yeah. I will say one last thought on this whole thing as a package is just the the optics of the announcement uh, for an organization that's had kind of a tough summer optically already with all the Tarasenko stuff. Uh, swallowing the jagged pill and announcing that you're bringing Peter Torelli and Ken Hitchcock into the organization. Um, you know, it takes some some brass ones for sure to just put that out there to the world and, and take the slings and arrows that come with it. But I, you know, if I strip back all the layers of my own personal anxiety and insanity, it's probably not that big a deal. It just, it doesn't feel great. Right. I think there's a lot of, a lot of negative stuff surrounding Torelli and that's just, and was it Oilers Live, Jeff, that uh, kind of tweeted out and asked us, you know, what's going on in St. Louis? So, uh, you know, yeah. with, with yeah, the Torelli yeah, stuff. Yeah. Our, friend, yeah. our friend Michael over yeah. at Oilers Live. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so he's like, and Oilers, I mean, Oilers people, Oilers folks are, are a perfect group to ask about him since that's a recency bias and everything with him. So they, they know firsthand, uh, they say he kind of ruined their organization for a while. Not that they were in great standing, but when he got there, but, uh, but still. 
anyway, moving on. Uh, proof of vaccination uh, will be required at Blues games this season. So this, I, this is, I mean, any, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for this. I think, I think, but this is this is such a hot topic, and you, the, the, the comments uh, on the Blues uh, official post of this, and or anybody that tweeted this out, or, or sent it out as a social media message, you get the comments like wide range of. You know, people who are dead set against it, never going to lose a game again. This is ridiculous. And people who are like unbelievably happy. Uh, they, they don't go to me blues games. They're going to start going now just because of it. You know, a lot of that maybe, uh, not too, uh, believable for on both ends. <laughs> people that are saying that they're going to go again. Well, yeah. Okay. Whatever. You're, you're still a fan. You'll probably go again. Um, but so there's, uh, beginning Friday, October 15th, fans ages 12 and older. Attending home games will be required to show proof of vaccination against COVID-19 or a recent negative COVID-19 test result within 72 hours prior to the event for entry into the Enterprise Center. So the Blues are requiring uh, the Blues are the 16th team in the National Hockey League to introduce a policy that require fans to show proof of vaccination or a negative test result to attend games. Fans and guests 11 and younger will be permitted to enter Enterprise Center and Stiefel Center without proof of vaccination or negative test result provided they wear a mask at all times while inside the venue. I don't think that aspect of it, that policy, uh, has been covered much at all. That you, do, you don't have to be vaccinated. And you don't have to have a recent negative test. You can go to games, if that's the case, if you wear a mask. So my issue with that aspect of it is, is that we all know that people are liars, <laughs> right? So once they get into the building with a mask on, they're going to take it off because if, so what's the numbers in uh, Missouri? Uh, about 50% of the people are vaccinated. Yes. Give or take. So let's say the number inside the building is semi representative of the people in Missouri. Um, and you walk in and you see very few folks wearing a mask, which I would expect you'd see because people who don't want to get vaccinated, and uh, uh, I don't care to get the, get a recent negative test. Um, probably aren't keen on wearing masks, and are all about you know because you see this at say Schnucks or Walmart or wherever you go that require masks if you're not fully vaccinated. There's signs in the front door saying we require masks to enter the building if you're not fully vaccinated. When you go in and you see hardly anybody wearing a mask, you might see two or three masks in the building that might have 50 people roaming around the aisles. And it's like, wait a second, the percentage of vaccination in the area is like 50, 60%, but uh, we're acting like it's like 90, 98% inside this building. You know, there's there's about 45, 50% of the people are lying in here because they're not, if they're they're representative of the, of the demographic, you know, that outside the the building. So I'm like, I don't trust people. Well, that's, and and that's my issue with this. Go to, go to, go to uh, uh, a ballpark village. You literally have to walk in with a mask on. The minute you walk in the building, you can take it off, and yep. nobody will say a word and to you. That's and that's that's, what's, that's gonna what's going to happen here. They didn't ever. They didn't. Prom- I mean, this was on their website, but this wasn't talked about by that I saw on social media or, or during the discussions. You know, the whole well, you can get in without being vaccinated and without a recent test. You just got to wear a mask. Is but, that is that for all ages though, or just eleven and under? Eleven fans. And guess 11 and under. That's how it was phrased. So okay. according to how it's phrased. Now, if that's phrased and, doesn't, and it's not, doesn't mean that, 
Um, maybe it because fans and guests love and under tells me anyone under 11 that can't get the vaccine and any fan that is not vaccinated or has a recent negative test. That's how that reads to me. That's exactly how it says on their website, copy and paste it word for word. So um, unless that's inaccurate, you know, maybe it's not that way, but that's the way it's worded on the website. So it's interesting to me that that's the case. If, if I hope, hope it's not, I hope that's, that's, that's uh, misrepresenting what is actually going to happen. Actually, that's a, that's a good question for the blues. Maybe we'll uh, ask them about that. Yeah, no, I, uh, um, you know, I, I have tickets, my first indoor event. I have tickets to the Jason Isbell show um, at the end of November at Stiefel. And he has been very public on, uh, you know, social media about uh, anybody coming to his show has to, has to show proof of vaccination. And that was, you know, I, I bought the tickets a long time ago before he was public about that. But, um, you know, I think I might be able to offload them if, if things weren't under control. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I still, you know, to your point about people are liars, um, you know, I, I know people are buying fake vaccine cards and that, but it gives me more comfort to hear the, you know, from the top, the message from the top, from the artist, from the, the teams to say, you have to be vaccinated to come in the doors. Um, so if, if, you know, what you're saying is right, that there is a loophole um, with the blues, um, I, I don't like it. Yeah. So hopefully it, that gets clarified. I, and you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll reach out to the blues and, and try and get clarification on that um, because maybe it's worded goofy and it just means 11 mm-hmm. and under, right? Um, so, but, but, but of course, 11 and under aren't going to have proof of vaccination or negative test or, well, okay. They're not going to have proof of vaccination because they can't get vaccinated. Um, well, maybe soon. That, right. No, I, maybe, great. and maybe it's, maybe it's future proofing this. So yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll find out. Um, and then we'll, cause that was when I read that today, actually, when I was researching for the show, I'm like, just getting the, the, the deets. I was like, oh, I hadn't heard that before. So that's interesting. So hope I'm wrong about that. But I, I was actually shocked to see the blues go this route because when I heard they were, when I heard they were mm-hmm. uh, polling their season ticket holders on what they thought uh, about, you know, uh, masks and a requiring proof of vaccination to enter the building, I thought, well, you know, what are the season ticket holders going to say? I mean, it's, it's Missouri. Missouri is a, uh, they, they, they generally speaking, not, I don't want to throw a blanket over it, make blanket statements, but uh, Missouri's uh, pretty conservative about this stuff and they, and they don't, uh, they're kind of uh, not on board with uh, the vaccine mandates and the proof of vaccination and stuff like that. So I would, I would, I was going to guess that they would be kind of against it, but, uh, and mm-hmm. if they were the blues uh, staff, the executive staff decided uh, to, uh, go against what they wanted um, and go with what uh, was being recommended by the league, I guess. So, so only, only 16 teams, about half the league uh, has, uh, is doing this right now. So about half is not, which is interesting. Um, we discussed the uh, NHL's COVID vaccination rules uh, for the upcoming season. Um, they are uh, not, I mean, have you guys kind of, 
been briefed on what the NHL is like requiring of players who are unvaccinated. It's it's pretty substantial, and I think the vast majority of players are unvaccinated. And I saw a mention somewhere on, on social media that a hundred percent of the Blues players wait, wait, were vaccinated. Wait, 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 yeah, wait. yeah. All right, I, yeah, I need, you I need to interrupt you. Yeah, yes. you said you said you said most of the players are unvaccinated. Most of the players sorry. are vaccinated. Most of the players, oh, sorry, most of the players are vaccinated. The vast majority are vaccinated. The right. and I heard, I've not, I don't recall where I saw it. I don't know if it was official account or what, but that a hundred percent of the Blues are vaccinated. But so, which is, inter- which is which is good. But so anyway, on the some of the requirements by the league and the and the, and the policies that unvaccinated players have to abide by which is a lot. It's pretty strict. Now you can probably, after hearing some of these, you'll see why, why a lot of players probably did get vaccinated. Um, if not just for, you know, to be safer, uh, on the road, unvaccinated players will not be able to go anywhere except the hotel practice facility and the arena at the team hotel. Unvaccinated players can't use the bar restaurant, gym or pool and cannot have teammates or visitors in their rooms. Unvaccinated players are prohibited from carpooling or using saunas they are encouraged not to eat and drink on flights, attend bars or clubs, or eat indoors, even at home, with people outside their households or personal bubbles. Teams can suspend unvaccinated players who are unable to participate in club activities, according to the memo, whether it's due to a positive case or the inability to travel due to governmental restrictions. Unvaccinated players will surrender one day's pay for each day they miss. Unvaccinated players will need to quarantine for seven days before training camp, Throughout the season, they will be subject to daily testing as opposed to testing at least every third day for vaccinated players. For the third year in a row, or sorry, for the second year in a row, players are asked not to vaccinate in community events such as speaking engagements, charity events, autograph sessions, or even fist bumping fans. NHL players who participate in the Olympics will need to be vaccinated. The NHL said it also plans to allow vaccinated and masked media members back into the locker room. Any players whose job or access requires them to be within 12 feet of players must be vaccinated. If a player who is vaccinated contracts COVID-19, it shall be treated as a hockey-related injury for all purposes. So the NHL is offering players to opt out of the season due to personal health concerns for themselves or a family member, but the deadline to notify teams is October 1st. Players who opt out will not be allowed to play in any other hockey league or at the Olympics. So there's a lot of restrictions uh, placed on unvaccinated players, a ton of them. So I guess you can probably understand why the vast majority are vaccinated. Right. There have been a couple of cases of guys that kicked off their teams pretty much already because right. Zach Ronaldo, obviously, and then Tyler Bertuzzi today. I don't know if you guys saw that because it broke pretty yeah, late. But Ty- basically- Tyler Bertuzzi is, yeah. is the one that, that's going to make headlines, whereas Zach Ronaldo, I'm like, that guy's still <laughs> right. How is he still in the NHL in twenty twenty one? Yeah, right. Yeah. No, the so the other thing, um, so the, the Oilers actually have a very interesting situation. So um they're um who's the um uh, Alex Stalock. Um they signed him and he is not going to be able to play this year because of a heart condition that he developed from contracting COVID last year. Mm-hmm. And Josh Archibald refuses to get vaccinated. How does that work in a locker room? Like, how do you be that guy? Like, how do you be a dick to your new teammate and say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting vaccinated? I mean, that, that is, that's pretty, that, that's pretty fucked up. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, like with Tyler Bertuzzi, you know, the he, big headlines that I've seen, he doesn't get to go to Canada, right? right. He doesn't get to play the Canadian games. And, and he's that seems to be what's giving the headlines. He's the only Red Wing not vaccinated. Yeah. So, and it just happens to be one of their best players, which is, you know what? I'm saying a lot in Detroit, Bill. but <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to see that. Good, good. Fuck you, Red Wings. Spend another season in the cellar. He just signed a two-year deal too in July. So, I mean, mm. you would. I don't know. You would think that would have been. I guess you can't make you can't yeah, make so, somebody get vaccinated, but as I read today, he basically won't be allowed to travel to Canada at all, which means he'll forfeit potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars of his contract yep. from those yeah. games missed. And, I, you know, I think if he actually gets COVID too, that's part of the policy is that oh, he yeah. forfeits all that money as well. So, and he yep. can't. He he's yep. got to. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say uh, just with with. Lou Korak coming on the show recently. Lou mentioned that it was his uh, the day before he came on our show. He had his first COVID vaccine, and it wasn't because he was an anti-vaxer for any reason. It was just he is literally terrified of me- needles, like it's a actual phobia for him. And so he said, "You know what? NHL teams are requiring that I get a I get a vaccine if if you know and I, if I want to go speak to the players not in a Zoom meeting, so I'm going to do it. And he did it for his job. He did it because he knew he had to. Not, again, not because he was against the vaccine, but because he's terrified of needles. But he sat <laughs> there and he took the needle because he knew he had to. And I look at a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi and I say. Again, I know you have your your beliefs or whatever, but Lou is terrified of needles, and he did it for his job. And you're telling me that a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi can't do the same thing? Well, it's it's interesting because, um, I mean, I, the articles I've read on Bertuzzi, I, they they don't go into why he. I mean, that, I, that maybe you guys have seen others that have said why he didn't get vaccinated. I'm sure he has his own legit reasons uh, that he feels that he, he doesn't want it. But um, I, it, I, I personally, I, I, when, if I hear someone's reasoning as far as uh, not getting vaccinated, um, unless it's something where they medically shouldn't based on a condition they have, um, you know, the, the reasons I'm hearing, it, it's always like, mm, I, I don't think that's backed by science. <laughs> um, but um, you know, I, there's no one making him get the the vaccine, so he can he's free to do what he wants. He's just got to you know face the consequences for that. So, I think the NHL's done a good job too in just putting all the onus on the players to you know live with the consequences if they don't want it, but you know put harsh enough penalties in place that it's a really tough decision and. You know, I think we're going to see pretty much 99.9% vaccination rate because of that. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's pretty much what's been implied that it, the vast majority of players uh, have been vaccinated. And most, I don't say most teams, but uh, you know, the blues, I've heard uh, nothing official that they've all been vaccinated. So that's, that's good. I'd imagine a lot of teams are that way too. Um, and I, I guess if you like the red, this the Tyler Bertuzzi not getting vaccinated, 
you made a headline, so I, you might hear of players that aren't vaccinated. We'll, we'll find, they'll trickle, the, the news will trickle out of who's not vaccinated as the season goes on. Something might happen, you know. So uh, it'll, it'll be interesting well, and, and a topic for discussion. And I'll just say that um, with the Blues being 100% uh, vaccinated uh, per if, report. If they are, yeah. Per reports, yeah. Uh, allegedly, let's say. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm still waiting on that retraction from Adrian Dater. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> yeah, well, he, he should have retracted. Uh, well, Peron was vaccinated, so that was. He that should was have retracted his whole 2020-21 season. Yeah, he's. Just, he should have retracted the last four seasons. He's such a, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how a guy like that's employed for a, I just don't get it, but it's all shock junk. Uh, next up for the blues, uh, training camp starts uh, tomorrow, or if you're listening to this podcast on Thursday, it starts today, um, the 23rd of September. What if you're listening to this podcast on Friday? And then it started yesterday. You're behind the game by, by a day. What about uh, Or if your YouTube stream is really slow by three minutes, you're, it's today. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Um, eight preseason games are on the schedule starting on September 25th, which is my mom's birthday, uh, versus Minnesota, uh, October 2nd. Happy birthday, Maureen Price. Maureen? Marla. Close. Marla. 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 Oh, Happy birthday, man, Marla. Was really close. Very. I totally <laughs> took a shot in the dark. Very close. Marla the Cake Maker. That's, that's her official title. Yeah. Uh, Does she have a Twitter? No, 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 no. She doesn't even know what a hashtag is, I don't think. Uh, the October uh, 2nd game versus Chicago will be in Independence, Missouri. Uh, the season opens for the Blues on October 16th at Colorado, and then they're in Arizona, and then Vegas, and the first home game is on October 23rd, which is probably the latest home opener ever for a full season for the Blues, I'm guessing, because uh, – Usually a uh, normal season, full season starts, I don't know, uh, October 6th, 8th, 10th, something like that. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and then the, the home game, if they start on the road, might be a few games later. So October 23rd is pretty late for the first home I game. I remember one year they, they started with a five-game road trip on the West Coast. Right. Yeah, the uh, Western. And then they went thing. to Western Canada. Yeah, so I remember all that. But That, that might have pushed so them close that, to that, that yeah. That year probably – yeah, that year probably rivals it, but yeah, yeah, October 23rd is pretty damn late. It is pretty late for a home game, first one. But, you know, I've always said that I, I enjoy it when the Blues open on the road because it's almost like two season openers. You got the, the season opener on the road, and you got the big event for the home opener. It's like two big events as opposed to having yep. the one big event for the home opener, and then it's over. You get two. And I'll add for anyone who's listening live, and, and maybe even if we get this out early enough, that uh, I'm actually taking a couple days off here the next two days, I think. I've already decided it. I told you guys earlier, I was talking to Steven and Bill, and I was like, yeah, you know, I might make the, take the next two days off, go to, go to training camp. I am taking the next two days off. I've already decided. <laughs> uh, so I will be at training camp hopefully tomorrow, hopefully Friday. Uh, so if you'll be out there, uh, message me. I'd love to meet up with you and uh, just talk some blues hockey. So I, I plan on being out there over at Centene. Great rink if you haven't been out there. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Love that whole arena setup. So uh, anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll be out there. So look for me. Uh, I guess we'll uh, close out the show. Uh, Steven, thank you uh, so much for joining us tonight. It was a lot of fun. I hope we didn't keep you up too late. You, you made a joke about 
being able to go three hours, we uh, we almost did that. <laughs> yeah. Up on it. No, I'm a night owl, so uh, perfectly in my whole element and had a lot of fun. Thanks for All having right. me. Awesome. And they can uh, and uh, folks can reach you guys again where? Uh, at Two Guys No Cup on Twitter, easiest way, and you can find the podcast. Sorry, at Two Guys One Cup. Now I'm doing it. You, uh, <laughs> you poisoned me earlier. At Two Guys One Cup on Twitter, uh, and the podcast same name on pretty much anywhere you want to find it. So awesome. on, I just want to point out on Twitter, you spell out Two Guys One Cup. That's right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, and then, um, where's uh, where can they find your podcast? Uh, it's on Spotify now, Apple Music, Google Play, all that good stuff. Pretty much wherever you want it, and SoundCloud if you're old school. So, SoundCloud, so nice. Pretty much wherever you find Let's Go Blues Radio, it sounds like <laughs> you can probably find two guys. One well, yeah. yeah, you're our inspiration, so we just do whatever <laughs> no. you guys do. And... <laughs> That's not at all what I meant, but I will take that. As <laughs> Je- Jeff inserts his foot in his mouth often. No, I think, no, I think, what, I I think was, what he meant if was you, if, if you are listening to this show, if you are listening to Let's Go Blues Radio, wherever you are listening to us, you can probably find <laughs> you guys when you come as well. Yeah. And I would say our, our Prospect Pyramid episode with all my extended Traverse City ramblings, Chevy Traverse City, uh, is going to be up hopefully tomorrow night, early Friday morning. So. Awesome. That would be one to not miss. Awesome. So this is like a warm up for you. A little, a little, yeah. Pre-game. Yeah. A little pre-game. Shake cool. the rust off. Sure. Yeah, right, right. Always <laughs> always a great time. And I will I will just add that um, we joke about other blues podcasts on here. Um, but man, two guys one cup, you guys are awesome. You guys have great insight. Um, love your hockey takes. Um, and you're you're also a good follow on Twitter. We We've uh, we've all battled with you before on our opinions on <laughs> blues in the past on Twitter, and it's always in good fun. We didn't um, we didn't even talk yeah, about Petrangelo one bit on here. Not even not even not one hey. mention of Petrangelo. We're healing. <laughs> yeah, we're no, that's nice. uh, that's we're healing. <laughs> <laughs> nice of uh, nice of you to say. Very humbling, and I sincerely mean it. That you guys are uh, the best ones doing it out there. So we look up to you a lot, and it. It's awesome to be on here with you guys. We appreciate it, Stephen. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, support for Let's Go and Blues. I'll expect my check in the mail for, for that. <laughs> Endorse Venmo, yeah. PayPal, uh, whatever. You Bill. expect your Cardinals tickets in the mail? Yeah. <laughs> Bill, Bill, Bill's in charge of the endorsement checks. So just there yeah. Perfect. <laughs> oh, is that what this money was for? <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Oops, you spent it on beer. Uh, (laughs) Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by Idealife, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidealife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidealife.com and get 10% off by texting Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's hockey-themed brewery. Visit centericebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in our awesome tap room located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis. It's one of the best places to watch a blues game. That's centericebrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up episode 10 of episode <laughs> episode 2 of season 10. Uh, you did I, I did that backwards last week, too. Yeah, I'm like a did. 
dyslexic uh, to some degree. Uh, that will wrap up. Um, I am. I am. Yes, I'm dyslexic city, Michigan. That's what I am. <laughs> Traverse. Traverse. Right. Traverse. Traverse. City? Transverse. Is it tra- you got it. Is it Traverse? You're a pro. City? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. From now on, I got it. The pro, it only takes the pros three hours to get it right. Uh, that'll wrap up episode two of season 10 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go, Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've been bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day and Stephen Ground from Two Guys, One Cup, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go, Blues. Let's go blues. blues. Let's go blues. Steven, give me a really enthusiastic one. Come on. Let's go blues. That's very good. I want to say that sound clip play at later shows. (laughs) Uh, The Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.